0: Hey everybody, Jordan here. Just wanted to drop in real quick before you get too far into this episode. Uh, A Time to Kill is is a wild movie so I wanted to give you a trigger warning for this episode because the plot of the film revolves very specifically around the graphic rape and attempted murder of a young child and if that's that's something that you want to hear about. Uh You obviously don't have to be a completionist. You can just skip this episode this week. Uh We'll be back next week with a wonderful episode with disorientation author Elaine Chow. We'll be talking about The Great Wall, so that'll be a lot of fun. Also, we're going to try to get up some conversations about everything, everywhere, all at once, which is one of our favorite movies, maybe ever. Is we, we got a lot of thoughts. So uh, if those are things you'd rather listen to, you can, you can definitely check those out. Uh, but on to the episode all right so we're going to go ahead and and take this again uh kevin if you could deliver your line and then sam uh we really just want to you know this this is mm-hmm. the biggest line of the movie so far i really want to nail this part right here so really just give me everything you got uh oh this is yeah. the big line
1: this
0: is this is the yeah, big yeah. line okay so all kevin right. uh go ahead and, and give sam the setup and so you think they deserve to die
1: Hell
0: yeah, them niggas deserve to die. Oh, wait, wait, Sam, Sam, Sam. That's not. <clears throat> Is that in the script? What? Is that...
1: Oh, um, no, that's okay. I, I mean, I didn't know we was just going off of what was in the script. I thought it was more of an emotional oh. moment. Oh, well, you know. Um, but we, I mean, we, 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 can, do yeah, you mean, well, we can do whatever we want. We can do it. If you're
0: feeling it, like let's 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 throw some different things out there. You know, let's let's kind of play around with it. We okay. can try it again. Uh, Kevin, go ahead and deliver your line. And so you think they deserve to die?
1: Bury them motherfuckers underneath the jail.
0: Oh oh okay. Okay, okay. Uh let's 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 keep going. Let's try another one. What, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, okay. uh, Kevin, go okay. ahead and mm-hmm. cu- right. cue them up. Get and so you think they deserve to die?
1: Yes, I hope every goddamn bullet that came out of my goddamn gun ripped up every goddamn sam artery capillary and bone apothecary in his body
0: okay that was that was a bit of a roller coaster yeah yeah uh, I, I i was into it hey
1: I, that's what i do that's you hide sam you you hide the okay. ride
0: well uh sam let's give it give it one more time and remember these men raped your daughter you know they—they they really did a, a, a horrible thing to you and your family. So really, let them have it. Like give them everything that you got. Okay. All right, Kevin, go ahead and and, oh. and give them your line. And so you think they deserve to die?
1: Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they slip on a banana peel. Oh, mm. the banana peel thing that came yeah. out of. Uh, do do we have enough For one more Cause I'm I don't know I know it's like In the script It says they burn in hell But the banana peel is yeah. like It was right there I felt the what? banana peel I don't know I don't know we we'll you fix it in post You can't save us We
0: don't wanna be saved
2: You can't save us
1: We don't wanna be saved You can't save us We don't wanna be saved You can't save us we don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be
0: saved. You can't save
1: us.
2: We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We
0: don't want to be saved. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and then we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've we've got we've got an interesting one that's that was conflicting me the whole time after I watched it because <laughs> I love I love just a, a bad '90s thriller like that's my wheelhouse like all of that stuff even some of the because this is a we're we're talking about a John Grisham movie and even stuff like uh you know the Pelican Brief um and things like that where I'm just kind of like I kind of like it yeah <laughs> yeah I know it's not a good movie but <laughs> but it works for me but. Cameron, why don't you go ahead and introduce our, our guest for this week?
1: Uh, our guest this week is a good friend of mine. Uh, I got to know them at uh, you know, a place that I worked at that um, dedicated to film. Dedicated to film. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Much best. Like way I can put it. Much like this podcast. Not necessarily black film, but dedicated to film. Um they have a wide ranging musical talent. A burgeoning acting talent. Welcome to the show, Brendan Cook, Hello. A.K.A. Star Child and the New Romantic.
2: Right, that's right. That's the music. Hi, thank you, thank that's you, right. Cameron. Thank you, Jordan, for having me. It's yeah, fun. Of
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you know, Brendan, you've been up to a, a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm in awe of you a little bit. I think you're a pretty dope, guy. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Tell, tell the people why you're so dope. Well, tell, tell, I, the people, tell the people what you've been up to recently, honey.
2: I, I am um I'm from DC and Maryland. I came to New York hey, uh, hey. to start my acting um you know education or to continue I guess my acting education. That's what brought me mm-hmm. here collegiately. And um since my time here I've been doing that and music and some writing for like you know uh, journalistic publications things like that adjacent and some modeling here and there you know just new york new york and but um, the hustle you know right. how get, get it how you yeah live. you know but um i love that's kind of like you know orson wells before he made citizen kane he was in paris <laughs> you know making doing caricature paintings of, of people and then he came <laughs> to new york and he had the first all black uh production of um macbeth this is all before the rko citizen Kane stuff right, so right. those kinds of multidisciplinary people are are my heroes and um, for sure that's also kind of my uh entrance point into movies which was my entrance point into acting and performance and rehearsal which bleeds into music so that's me thanks, thanks for having me guys yeah, yeah no, doubt, no doubt no yeah. doubt for sure
1: i i did want to say that uh When I gave you the list of movies for you know what we do here, you came back to me with the quickness. (laughs) Like, I I almost hadn't even finished texting you the request. (laughs) Like, what movie do you want to? I timed to this movie. This movie. (laughs) I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you give the title because I'm so apparently so eager to do it. Uh, Tell tell us what we're talking about. This
2: is John Grisham's blockbuster. you know, written adaptation of his own A Time to Kill. 1996, cinematic release, 1989, as we, we sussed out uh, when it was written. Yeah, <laughs> and boy, yeah. can you tell.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All
2: right, right there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um, and I guess to your point of my, uh, just, just so we get this out the way, um, I my, my father is a long-time law professor and lawyer. Um, he, oh, yeah, okay. like he he practiced in a law firm uh, when he was younger than me, in one of the biggest law firms uh, of its time on the West Coast. And this was before he oh, started wow. teaching law. And his, his, law, his law teaching career has taken him from Florida um, to Boston to Georgetown Law, which he's tenured at. So I grew oh, wow. up in a house um, where this book was around the audiobook was around. We were we mm-hmm. we watched this film when I was very young. And I've seen it many, <laughs> many, many, many times. And not only that, but my entire family is from Mississippi. So oh this wow. this this book, this film is and being an actor too, it's it's the levels of connection for specifically a time to kill is just beyond me. So
1: that's crazy. That's crazy. This is a formative text oh, for you, then.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and also <laughs> a, a film too. I mean, this is a a largely an ensemble based film. I mean, when you look at the cast for this; it's yeah. kind of like yeah. unheard of. I mean, the closest thing, actually, actually, this this movie is timely for so many reasons. But one of the reasons it's also really timely is it reminded me a lot of the Batman that just came out as an ensemble film, and it's just it every mm. single mm. role is stacked with someone of a particular caliber that's just kind of it's it's not common base but even a even a very famous uh father-son
1: duo um, i i didn't even know that while watching the movie until i was like over i was like
2: oh, no, oh i knew oh, that when oh, I, was oh, like oh, wow. <laughs> like I was like eight i was like but they're also one of the most like they're like the sheens the sutherlands are like the sheens you uh, to me i think you can just see it right. really quickly you can see it you, know, you can yeah. definitely see it anyway
0: well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Batman uh, because this movie is directed by <laughs> Joel Schumacher, <laughs> of 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 two of the uh, most let's just say divisive Batman films ever made. We can say and, a, ba- a bat nipple film, um, yeah. And even more interesting enough, those two movies are what this is sandwiched between. So he wow, Batman Forever, wow. yeah. And then makes A Time, a to, time kill, to Kill, and it. then goes back and makes Batman and Robin. <laughs> I didn't catch that. And third third, third twist, all three written by Akiva Goldsman. Wow. So, <laughs> the both Batman movies? Yes. I
2: did this not is, know that. That's this is all very sturdy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: It's tracking. Boy. It's tracking. Uh,
0: yeah, everybody get ready to strap in for this one, because yeah, this, this is going to be, be This is going to be wild. Man, <laughs> this, this is a wild one so i mean get I'll, crazy I'll, for this one <laughs> i i will have dropped this in before this episode but i'm going to give everybody a trigger warning because wild oh shit God, goes out of this yeah. movie and if you oh don't want to hear about uh oh some sexual assault and other things happening to yeah. children maybe yeah uh <laughs> skip skip a, a bit ahead uh, <laughs> but, um yeah, I guess should we just get into the five minutes? Because I feel like there's a lot to talk about and we should we should let's. try to knock as much of this out the way. Yeah, let's let's.
1: So I'm gonna get my timer going right here. Good luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So this is this is this is a wild movie, and I'm gonna try my best to kind of condense some things down. So I may not get to everything, but this is a movie that takes place. It's not clear, but I'm going to say in the present day in 1996 uh, in the town of, of Canton, Mississippi. And we kind of get like a like a multitude of things kind of happening at once a lot of different perspectives start the movie because there's a little girl shopping for groceries at like a mom and pop store. There's just some capital R rednecks uh, just driving around <laughs> harassing people in this black part of town. They are just doing whatever they're yelling slurs out the window. They're throwing beer cans at people, all kinds of stuff. And they kind of cross paths. So the little girl is like leaving out of the, of the store. These people are coming in. They fuck the store up. I guess they steal things. It's not clear what's happening, but they just kind of make off with a bunch of shit. Then they're driving back out the town and they see this little girl going down the dirt path. And, You know, they decide that they're going to throw a full beer can at her, which knocks her unconscious. And then they drag her off into the side of the road. They uh, proceed to rape her in a very graphic scene. And -hmm. then they try to hang her. That doesn't work. So they beat her some more and then throw her off a bridge into some water. At that point, we (laughs) meet. Well, at that point, some kids find her and they bring her back to her home. And this is where we meet Samuel Jackson, who plays Carly Haley. And he is, as anybody would be very upset, right? Like luckily his daughter, Tonya has survived, but like very traumatized, nearly beaten to death. And so word about this kind of spreads around town, right? And then word gets to one Jack Bergantz, who was played by, uh, Matthew McConaughey. one G. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with, with just one G. And, uh, Jake and Carly have some kind of relationship because Jake represented his brother. Um, but at this point in time, Jake is kind of like a, he's an upstart, but down on his luck lawyer, his law practice is not doing great. So he kind of needs a win. So Carly comes to him and doesn't say it outright, but basically asks him, "Yo, know, if I got into some shit, like, would you help me out? Would you represent me if, if, if I needed a lawyer and Jake, kind of puts two and two together, but doesn't say anything. You know, he mentions it to his wife, but he doesn't mention it to uh, one Charles S. Dutton, who is the who is the sheriff of this town. Uh, and so <laughs> that night, while these two, the two rapists have been arrested and, and kind of brought to court, they're going to go to, I guess, just kind of like, you know, pre-trial stuff the next day. And that night we see that Carly Hellia snuck into the courthouse right and we don't see him again until after the uh, rapists are kind of they're being brought out you know it, it seems like one of them may have flipped on the other but you know people are kind of speculating about like what this case is going to be they're, they're probably going to get off right and so <laughs> samuel jackson has been waiting this whole time and as they're going up the stairs he just burst out with a with an AK47 and just goes it full west side gun ad-libs it's just like
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, takes them both out <laughs> kills both both men but also you know incidentally shoots a police officer somehow he's able to leave like he just (laughs) runs out the back and goes back to his home and also somehow like the whole police department and SWAT team don't blow up his house uh they just come and arrest him he gives himself up but of course who's going to be his lawyer jake brigands right so he goes to jake jake is kind of like god damn Doc, i didn't think you were gonna (laughs) do that but he's kind of caught in this weird place because he's like on the one hand, this is, like, not a great case to take. On the other hand, though, this could be, like, the case that makes my career. Like, this could be a big deal for him. So, he decides to take the case. But on the opposite side, taking the prosecution is District Attorney Rufus Buckley, played by a uh, known uh, pervert, pedophile, and the like, <laughs> Kevin Spacey. In <laughs> <laughs> a fitting get role. The de- Gets the death penalty on... Carly Haley. Like he's he's gunned for him. They're gonna put him in. At this time we still had the gas chamber, so he's gonna put him in the gas chamber. And who who, of course, is residing over this case but one Judge Omar News? Now, when I heard the name <laughs> <sighs> By the way, like, your
1: five your five minutes is done right here. It's fine. It's fine. we could definitely <laughs> talk about this name because
0: goddamn. When I heard Omar Noose, my brain did two things because I was like, Omar <laughs> And then I was like, but noose. Uh, Of course, this is a white man. And he is not a a very, you know, like lenient judge. He's very stiff on things. He likes to have things his way. And so the two big things kind of hinging on this case are one, can they get this trial moved to another county? Two, can they get certified as insane like that's kind of what it's going to have to take to get him off is he's going to have to be declared legally insane by a doctor and so both sides are kind of going back and forth deciding like how they can kind of arrange this entering into the picture are one donald sutherland who is uh jake brigands like mentor who i guess was also like a drunken got disbarred and so he can't practice law anymore but he still kind of advises jake and uh Another Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland is playing <laughs> just a racist, just a down home <laughs> racist. He is a, he is the brother of one of the best racists. lines in the
2: and entire movie.
0: <laughs> oh, lo oh and behold! Yeah. Oh yeah, lo and behold, there is not a Ku Klux Klan in this part of Mississippi there for some go. reason, but they can certainly start one up uh, because he goes <laughs> to the dad from that '70s show, and it's like. Yeah, <laughs> well, at first, his friend is like, I got the plug for the clan, and he's like, Bet, let's go set that he up. He says, So he goes says, to see, he, he says,
2: My granddaddy, he was clan. He said, He says, Good yeah. God fearing clan. He said, and then he, and yeah, the yeah. best yeah. one the tutor boy could, he said, We need some clan right quick. <laughs> the, I just I had to write him down, and they get
0: it right quick, they go. <laughs> They go and get that clan right quick because uh, the Grand <laughs> Wizard from that '70s show is like, "Yo, like, sign these, <laughs> release for sign like, this paperwork, fam, <laughs> sign
1: this paperwork, sign this paperwork, and y'all can join Come the clan. More,
0: we y'all. only need like five of y'all really to, oh, to have an geez. official clan, I guess. So like, they <laughs> get they so the clan is in Canton, Mississippi, w- right? Nines. Yep, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're not—they're not able to get the case moved. It doesn't really matter, you know. They give the percentages of like black and white in this part of Mississippi, but it's like the judge ultimately is like, "Yo, it's gonna be white people no matter where you go." Uh, but also at that point, I forgot to mention that Sandra Bullock also shows up. She is a young law student who just some somehow gets to the front of the bench and just hands Matthew McConaughey a slip of paper to like, "I want." I want to call
1: her whole character somehow cuz everything she did somehow
0: worked. Yeah. and was okay. Yeah, I have okay. a theory about that, but go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point we're we're diverging into like multiple subplots, multiple. right? So there's uh the there's <laughs> there's the the clan subplot where one the clan like is out to basically kill Jake Bergantz, like they just they if they take him out That's their best shot at this trial not happening, or I'm not quite sure what the plan is. But first day of the trial, they just show up and start raising hell, and immediately, uh, the MVP of the movie, some guy, throws a Molotov cocktail off a roof and it hits that (laughs) 70s show dad and (laughs) kills him instantly. That's right. So, (laughs) just so. After that little mini riot skirmish, it's like all of all the rest of the clan members are like, we should just quit. But not Keith Sutherland. He's ready. He's in it for the long haul. So they just keep like they burn a cross on Jake's lawn. They send a bomb to his house, which he throws just oh into the sky God. at the last minute.
1: <laughs> at the la- it, it beeps in his hand, and he right, definitely yeah. gets right, the yeah, line. Yeah, up Brett yeah, Far moment. It
2: was insane. It's insane. <laughs> this film is insane.
0: The clan. This movie's wild. And... <laughs> the clan beats up the husband yes. of his uh, secretary, and I guess yeah, he this... dies of a heart. attack. Oh, he died. He and, didn't make it. Uh... <laughs> Your boy and, didn't make it. And and then they come back near the end of the movie. We also have a subplot between um, Matthew McConaughey and, and Sandra Bullock, or like Cameron said, she just does things. She just shows up. She, she's got all the phone other information. girl is just like I'm here. She's a she's a law student at Old Miss and she's the daughter of a, a very famous, uh, like capital punishment, yeah, her, like death row work for free. Yeah. She's, she's rich. So she'll work pro bono. I don't know why, but he keeps saying, nah, I don't want you to work for me. You can't work for me. I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. I I'm going to stick with my, uh, pervy, uh, <laughs> divorce lawyer friend who like doesn't actually want to work the case and so right <laughs> so th- oliver
2: Platt, lounge lizard that yeah. man
0: collected a check <laughs> let
1: me tell yes, you something what uh, what a character to just not yeah. do anything at all of worth in the movie and still no. have much screen time yep
0: uh there's a lot of back and forth between them like a romantic back and forth but then there's a moment Why? where matthew McConaughey and her talking in a diner, and she's like, yeah, the death penalty's bad. And he's like, nah, that's actually pretty great. We should, like, hang people if we could. <laughs> and she's like, hold up, I thought you were liberal. And he's like, yeah, I am. For Mississippi, I guess. <laughs> but then she's like, you know what, I still want to get with that. And then they do a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of will they, won't they, and they, they don't, but...
1: Uh, this movie th- is two hours and 30 minutes, and that's 30 it's, minutes it could be... It's as long as the Batman. Yep. Jeez.
0: Uh, And then... There is also a subplot about just I guess I guess the only black people in this movie are Samuel Jackson, and then there is the uh, shiesty pastor at the church that he goes to. Oh my god! And uh, then the oh like, no, uh,
2: no, uh, that, no. that entire Awful. that entire wheel of the story yeah. is insane. <laughs> it's so in messed the- up church it's like propaganda slander yep. angle it's
1: definitely slander like they,
2: they levy they basically what they do in the film is they levy the kkk and the it's NAACP a- C- ACLU as like you know uh independent parties with their own self-interest yep. that don't coincide with justice as if the NAACP is akin to the clan well it's, it's really kind of it's insane NAACP the
0: yeah, I was going to say, NAACP representative comes in, is basically like, yo, Jake, you got to get out of here. We have this lawyer from New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we raised the money from the church. And, you know, Carly is like, well, I can do whatever I want with that money, right? So I'm just going to give it to Jake. And they're like, wait a minute, this cracker? And he calls him also, a cracker. <laughs> uh,
2: also, <laughs> time, out. I, time out. I know that it's the 90s, but can we talk about finances? Like, what are these lowball numbers? They're like, it's going to five, five thousand. we raised $5,000. Yep. Like, that ain't nothing. That's not not even in the, Mississippi, it's it nothing. Uh... in the 90s was nothing. In the 90s, it's no money legally. So, I just was so taken aback <laughs> by everyone's umbrage with their low numbers. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> the church okay. got
0: together, man. <laughs> they got together. Uh, but And oh, then there's no. the actual trial that gets lost in all of this because yes. there's, there's actually yes. a trial happening and yes. there's a lot of just yeah. random stuff that's happening. So you know, Jake is kind of in over his head, mostly because he doesn't have a legal team behind him. And it's just him trying to do all this by himself. But you see that uh, his his whole thing with the doctor, he brings in this doctor who has certified that Carly was insane, except that Rufus Buckley has the all the dirt, right? Like he's getting dirt from not even just like outside sources but also inside sources. He's got an inside That's Kevin his.
2: Spacey, only Kevin Spacey can do. Yeah, and and <laughs> Kevin Spacey
0: doing the only southern accent he knows how to do uh which just just it's it's universal, but he comes in and he's like cross-examining the doctor and he's like aren't you like a rapist too? Like didn't you like have a statutory rape case against you when you slept with some I guess 16-year-old girl when you were like in your 20s? And the doctor neither confirms nor denies, but basically, like, falls apart on the stand. Um, Sandra Bullock somehow crawls into the doctor's office of Kevin Spacey's doctor and pulls up some information on him, which is basically that he, like, has never deemed anybody insane, even though people who have eventually needed psychiatric treatment have ended up in the hospital that he, like is the is the head of so like he gets called out so he falls apart so then for whatever reason they decide to put carly haley on the stand and in his most famous line samuel L. jackson says <laughs>
1: do you think they honor. deserve to die mr your haley honor. answer the question do carly donate to die yes they deserve they to die. die and i hope they burn
2: in hell they
0: burn in hell um, and so that's, that's kind of like the height, like everything's about to go down, right? Like that's basically the last day of trial. They have to go in with their closing arguments. Of course, at this point, Sandra Bullock gets kidnapped by the clan, <laughs> maybe raped oh. too? Unclear. Possible. But, Possible. Unclear, But definitely, yes. uh, tied up and left on the tree until one of the good clansmen, The good clanmen? who her? Like, he's literally
1: it, never seen this character before in the movie. Her? They just show up and they're the good one.
0: Um, and then there's also... A moment where they're, Jake and Carly are in the cell and Jake is like, oh, so I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like this is a big moment and I don't know if I have what it takes. And Carly's <laughs> like, "Well, oh, no, that's why I chose you because you're not like a good person. Like you're one of them. You're one of those white people. Like you're not <laughs> a good white person. Like you're just a regular ass white person who knows how to talk to these white people. And that's why you're my lawyer. So that's talk it. that talk, you know, talk talk that white talk to these white people and get me off uh and that's exactly what he does he gives basically all he does is describe in gruesome detail the rape that happened to this black girl and then ends it with but just imagine if she was white
2: imagine she was white the defense rests i'm actually
1: looking at the wikipedia article for this and the whole paragraph is about the speech and then it just ends now imagine she's
0: white and they're, like, bars He literally up.
2: says, now, now imagine she's white. The defense rests. And they do. Like, and insane. then
0: he gets off. And they win. <laughs> and they win. <laughs> uh, and then it's insane. The movie ends with a literal invitation to the cookout for The Jake cookout! <laughs> oh, my
1: God.
0: <laughs> he comes. I think it
1: was, like, 1130 at night when I got there. And I was like, yeah. oh, when he gets to go to the cookout, woke up the whole damn apartment like,
0: come on. Yeah, no, he... Carly, in, in his jail cell soliloquy, tells him, you know, our daughters are never going to play together. Like, they're not going to be friends. And Jake's like, just just watch. You know, I'm going to bring just, my daughter just wait. unceremoniously to your house and force them to play together. Uh, and that's a time to kill. <laughs>
2: and boy, did it kill the time. <laughs> Yeesh.
0: Um, so, this yeah, I mean... It was was
2: gets... wildin'.
0: We'll, we'll give a little bit of background before we go in on this movie, but... Like I said, it's directed by Joel Schumacher, written by Akiva Goldsman. It stars Sandra Bullock, Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew McConaughey, Kevin Spacey, um, Oliver Pratt, Charles S. Dutton, Donald Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland.
2: And Ashley Judd. Ashley, Ashley Judd, who I almost who didn't I completely know her. forgot
0: about. Yeah. Um it had a budget of Big
2: key. She's a big key to this thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: It had a budget of forty million. It went on to make hundred and fifty two million dollars. So it was a huge success, uh, yeah. in terms of financials. It was also um matthew mcconaughey's first starring role and basically what made him matthew mcconaughey was this movie and that speech so um (laughs) before we go any further i guess we should we should just get this out the way so we can get into it um but do y'all want to start
2: Almost the same year. That's ninety five. That <laughs> album is ninety five. And this is ninety six. This is very very timely. Should have had
0: them on the soundtrack. Um but <laughs> No. John, that's, that's a- do we do we want to start with the micro of this movie or do you want to start with the macro of this movie?
2: Well well yeah, I guess the micro probably. I feel like okay. we'll
1: end up at the macro sure. anyway because that's what we do.
2: This is a wild ass movie. Uh, movie. this, this, this-, this-, this is a wild ass movie. This movie's insane. It's long, yeah.
1: It's long, and it it's, and it does a lot. There's a lot does. of plot. Like there's the some, last yeah. couple movies we've done on the podcast, there's a lot of like, and then more iterations of the same mm-hmm. for the entire like second act of the movie, and then here's this movie that literally like f- five <laughs> full acts, five yeah. full acts. All with different twists and turns that, like, keep piling up on top of the other. Some of them to, like, no avail. Like, the whole, like, will they, won't they of, like, Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock. Like, that didn't even have to happen.
0: Well, even the whole subplot of, will Sandra Bullock be on his legal team? Yes, she's in the movie. Yeah, like (laughs) Sandra Bullock (laughs) and she's here. Why was that 30 minutes of movie for her to even get on the team, you know? So, well, I guess let's just talk about... Oh, I was going to say, let's just talk about Jake Brigantz then, just as a, as a character. Yeah, let's got to start with Jake. Because <laughs> it's, it's a real interesting thing they try to pull off here, where he's presented as, at first, like, black sympathizer, almost. Like, even the way that he's presented is, like, he's taken sure. multiple cases with black people, and like, you know, he eats at the black establishments in town, and uh, he is the first person that carly goes to is like yo i need to talk to jake you know like that's my man and he seems to be doing this for the wrong reasons uh mostly just in the sense of like yo this is a big case and if i get this one like moving up dog like this is (laughs) this is it and
2: that's something that wasn't as clear to me on my early viewings of this, but up on my more, more recent, mm-hmm. uh more mature viewings that has become impeccably clear. Yeah. I, I don't want to cut you off. Uh,
0: oh, no, that's I mean, it's, it's interesting to see because we're trying to slide. We have a couple of different places that people fall into. So we've got like, yeah, the like direct white savior who's just like yo i'm gonna save these black people if it's the last thing i do <laughs> we've got mm-hmm. the school white savior the teacher white savior um we've got the coach white savior right who's just kind of wow. like you know we're gonna get these kids to play these <laughs> sports and it's gonna turn their lives around um we've got the reluctant white savior who kind of like doesn't want to do it at first but then eventually comes around to it because it's either the right thing to do or there's something in it for them we just did step up so we had Chan and tatum who saves himself in that movie. Mm, oh and- <laughs> man. Who
1: sacrifices himself and then saves himself from his own yeah.
0: sacrifice. Uh <laughs> but then we've got Jake who like is saving Carly Haley in a in a literal sense because he literally saves his life by one in this case. But like I guess my question about Jake is like what what is if there is a turning point for him in this movie? Because every step of the way he's not listening to Carly Haley. <laughs>
2: i don't think i actually don't think that he does have one it's it's fascinating yeah yeah i well it's it's as if actually you know because you make good points like what i realized this time is that he's 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 strictly motivated by aggrandizement he's strictly motivated by like um finances and fame Mm -hmm. and what what i what why i brought up ashley judd why she's so important is because when i actually start to pay attention to jake's life yeah and what everything meant in relation to jake's life and you really get to understand that when he comes home to ashley judd and when the kids like the only times things actually start to mean anything to him is when it is directly like affecting his family Mm -hmm. when the the crosses start burning, (laughs) but what's interesting, what's interesting is like, for all the pomp and circumstance in the exposition when you're like, oh, McConaughey Brigance used to uh, defend Carl's brother, or like those little itty bitty times he's crossed over. um, When he comes home to his wife, all she cares about is two things. She's with the daughter and then in front of the TV, and she's like, look at daddy. Yeah. Like, she's really like, oh, he looks good. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing early on, she's like a Karen straight up. Oh, yeah, Because she says to Brigance, she goes, you need to call the sheriff mm-hmm. and tell him what <laughs> Carl Lee was like surmising. Right. Like, nip that in the bud. Like, we don't <laughs> want no trouble. And what that does is that actually plays into the position that Charles Dutton has, because Charles Dutton has to deal with some of the crazy
0: people say some of the
2: craziest stuff to him from the job to his face repeatedly. And and he has to play like Sambo to these people (laughs) because he used to play for the Rams. Like, you know, it's it's that is like the weirdest side
1: of side. Like I piece of information doled out in this movie.
2: But to answer the question about where does Jake fall with the white savior thing, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think what makes this movie so to me, so crazy is that there's like, how many did I write down? There's like five different white saviors in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Brigance yeah. who plays this kind of like freeform, just in, kind of immoral guy. Cause even like we said, when he gets to the verdict, it still comes down to like now imagine she's white like my daughter yeah and still he has no he doesn't even extrapolate on that he no. just leaves it at that yeah. there's him the sandra bullock there's the unnamed kkk uh informant right there's Dwayne, the the cop yeah who <laughs> who decides to st- still stick by sam jackson so that's it's like dog. all of them yeah all of them play these different angles of the white savior and that's kind yeah. of Wild, but
1: but also like as you point out, there's like all these different ones, right? But like all of them have kind of similar reluctance to actually like being that savior, right?
2: Except for one. Oh, I go ahead. (laughs) And I think it's well. Sandra is like a deus ex machina. Oh, 100%. That's like her whole that whole first scene is like such like a Paul Thomas Anderson thing where she's just like, (laughs) I'm literally like perfect. Like she is the (laughs) Greek revelation of God. Coming for
1: licorice pizza, huh? You
2: coming for it? No, more more like Magnolia vibes, but like punch drunk vibes. (laughs) Like she just comes down. She survives all everything. She's, she, she, like it, her first scenes where she's highlighting the like precedent, you know, it's like, it's all these, that's, that's the most, that's one of the most insane examples of the white savior I've ever seen. Cause they bag advanced her. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> How do you do the magical Negro for the white savior? And that's Sandra Bullock Yo, in this. That's
0: insane. That's economy, baby. They, they packed it all in there. You know, you didn't really have to look that hard for it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I think this whole movie. Samuel Jackson is the best part of this movie, right? Samuel Jackson is, the, is the best oh, 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 part. Oh, oh. He's without the question. heart and soul of the movie. Like he's what makes the movie work. If it wasn't Samuel Jackson, it was just some other random black person in there. I don't know if I could have sat through the two and a half hours of this. Movie. I'm not. I'm, I'll be. I'll be frank. I think it's like one of his best performances. Like
2: it's it's the yeah, one. I
1: think it's the no. one.
2: Yeah. No, Not. no. I get him. I, this is also something that's very, uh, the, 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 his performance in this film is part of the reason I, yeah, I can never really come back to it and, and convert like conversely, every time I watch it, there's more, I can learn about the mm. like the ca- ca- caucasity of yeah. it, but his performance, <laughs> here's what's interesting. I'm glad you said the point about this was McConaughey's first lead role. Yeah. Like I was thinking he's keep must he must've been coming off the hills of like dazed and confused yeah. and like, lover boy stuff mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's so fascinating about watching a young mcconaughey is you you get to analyze like who are their proxy like uh you know acting uh temp like templates or uh archetypes yeah. sure and sure. it's like cle- clearly mcconaughey is was being you know groomed for the james dean you know yeah. mm-hmm emotive kind of like you know that that was a big thing but what's very fascinating about um james dean is like a, um a rebel without a cause what's so re- revelation a re- revolutionary about his acting is that he is behaving and being in a way that is like so real yeah that you you can't even really you can't even like the fact that it's just captured on on camera is kind of just magic yeah that's what sam jackson does here yeah, like yeah The the man, for all of the ridiculousness that we're talking about, we're going to get into the way that he streams through his performance. And he never gives any of these white people really any like, you know, oh, yes, sir. Like he never does. Mm -hmm. He holds the line about his daughter and that he knows that he is 100 percent in the right. And that's why that big line that he has at the end is always so rewarding because you know it's true yeah. they did deserve to die yeah. and they do deserve to burn in it and and the movie
1: <sighs> tries desperately i don't know if it's trying to i think it's actually trying to stay away from it but it leans yeah. so far into camp in oh, totally. so many times almost like almost the entire runtime of the movie it leans into it's camp Joel even Schumacher with his baby but yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i mean he beaned him with that molotov cocktail like yeah. direct hit, you know
2: but that's such a great point about camp and about melodrama. The things that it's part of why I loved House of Gucci this year. I'm very biased <laughs> about that because the, the the key to that stuff when it's really like larger than life emotions is when you are the most hundred percent devoted and like rooted in it. Right. The reality of it can really make that experience like palpable. And I think Sam Jackson, like he conquered something in that role. I mean, I just finished watching it and I'm like, that honestly, a lot of actors I've never seen touch before. I don't know if he has again, but um, it's. I, I think I lied to myself that he he won the Oscar for that one, but he got it for <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But but boy was he robbed because that's just mm-hmm. that's one of the greatest performances any actor's ever given. Yeah. Period. Cool. He actually
1: uh, does not have an Oscar. He was only no- he didn't win he for did Pulp. not uh-huh. win for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he no. was, he only was nominated. He's actually getting an honorary Oscar this year at this mm. coming ceremony. So that's, that's also crazy, right? Cause you watch this performance and from word go, you are instantly like on his side, even yeah. when he shoots, even when he actually shoots them, that's like 30, 40 minutes into the movie. And you're still like, yeah, that's right. Correct.
2: Yeah. Before that, the scene, when Charles comes to pick him up mm. and he comes out the house you just watch that and re and loop that. And there's no shame. There's total, like, I, I don't even know how you, and they shot that outside. Right. I don't know how you make that. Mm-hmm. That's all coming from Sam. It it's just, it's just beyond yeah, me. Yeah. And, and, and that hit, he, and also, I don't know if you know, Octavia Spencer's in this. Sure is. For like she didn't two have any seconds. Lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> podcast favorite
0: Octavia it... Spencer. Oh yeah. Re- yeah repeat man. offender
2: on this podcast. <laughs> The level of acting that the bl- the black cast brings to this film is is is, is the only redeeming thing of this film. But they also because, hired
1: like Charles Dutton, who is like from the August Wilson school of acting, mm-hmm. you know, like the the biggest performances. The, like he he I remember when he had that show Rock on Fox and it was yep. like he was doing Othello every week. I'm like, guy, it's a sitcom. You can calm down. <laughs>
2: Charles Dutton has st- stabbed a man in real life. That man's been through things. He's been through things. We can well, tell.
0: Look, both both Sam and Charles are definitely going to get. Oh, for certain, for certain, because they 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 carried this movie, and it's wild too. Because this is one of the movies before Samuel Jackson was Samuel Jackson, and before people are like, "Yo, just be Sam Jackson in the movie." Like that's what we want from you. Right. Like he was yeah. like, right, yeah, come just like you know, because he is. You see him talk, even today, you know, like he's, I think he's like 72 now. He still loves acting. He still loves being in movies. Mm -hmm. Like he still Mm -hmm. just loves to show up and like perform and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, but of all the interviews that I watched for the cast of this, this movie, he was the one that was like, I think got he got the movie. Like, I think everybody else was kind of like, yeah, this was like a important or like fun movie to do. Or like, I'm so grateful to have been part of this John Grisham, you know, whatever. And Samuel Jackson was just like, y'all saw the movie, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. This was his punch drunk. This was really it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, so I think. Cause spinning out of that, right. Like it's interesting that this is a movie and, and we're going to get into the macro in a minute here. This is a movie about black trauma and black pain filtered mm. through the lens of a white lawyer who gets a majority of the screen time. There's a point in the time where you just lose Samuel Jackson, right? Like He's not after, in the movie
1: for like 50 minutes, probably, I would say. After, There's a after, long period in the middle.
0: Yeah, after they try to blow up Jake's house the first time. Yeah. They yeah. do blow it up the second time. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. He just gets his house blown up. And his dog... I thought they killed the dog, and I was like, this movie is just wild as shit but i guess the dog got to like, <laughs> no, this,
1: this movie did that homeward bound where you think they're dead and then they come running out the yeah. woods at the end
0: <laughs> but you know like after that that first bomb attempt like we just lose sight of samuel jackson completely and then we're getting a lot of like oh is our uh jake and uh Rourke gonna make out at some point or like Right? (laughs) is the clan going to like do more clan stuff or is, is Jay going to get taken off this case or, you know, all these other things where it's just kind of like, but we know why we're here, right? Like we understand not even just the assignment, (laughs) but like this movie and this whole case is because two just out of control, like white people, like a raped, a 10 year old black girl. And here's the part too, right? Because like we could talk about this as a sidebar, Omar Noose, like that was the name you came up with. Like that was, you know, what I mean, Literally. when I heard that, I was just
2: like, <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> one of the. This the judge, right? Yeah. One of the most immediately biased judges. There was no stakes. No. Like it was insane.
0: Like they tried to file the motion. He's like, "Nah, y'all can't do that." And he's like, "I haven't even given you the paperwork yet." Yeah. He's like, yeah, "Motion denied." Yeah. Right. Uh, but then, like, <laughs> he was like, "I don't even want." hear it randomly though like he's so inconsistent because at some points in the beginning when jake is trying to like cross-examine i think the mother of one of the rapists you know he's just like why are we bringing up the rape and it's just like because that that's why he killed the because <laughs> these two people. and then later yeah when, time
1: and time again time and time again the the, the judge says <laughs> hey
0: habitual habitual but then kevin spacey's bringing it up and then he's just like yeah it's fine like i don't have a problem with this so it's just like you know just very weird like swings of of just i i don't really know what i'm supposed to take from the character because again at the end of the movie he at the end of the movie this is what this is what all these movies do right because this movie like a lot of movies doesn't have the courage to really like turn the mirror all the way you know it's just kind of like let's look a little bit but then not all you know what I mean because like Jake throughout the movie you're supposed to be on his side and I guess if you're a white person you are I was about to say you are Jake Jake is your
1: audience avatar as
0: as a white person I assume grisham has said that jake is an autobiographical character right like he is jake, oh that's insane you know so like he, he identifies okay mr jk rowling <laughs> <laughs>
2: like let us know how you really feel john like jesus christ wow. but
0: you know, so like that's supposed to be your audience surrogate, and then of course for us black people, we get Samuel Jackson. So we we either get to be the father of uh, uh, <laughs> whose daughter has been viciously raped by white supremacists, or we get to be the shyster pastor at this church. Yo, we get to be the, the worst, the, the worst, the, the coon squad. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you know. coon squad.
0: Or I guess it you could it, be. They
1: really did pull up like. We got it. We got it. That- it was insane.
2: They pulled up. With, they it was so nineties too because they pulled up with like the fake OJ Dream Team. They had like mm-hmm. the one <laughs> ambiguous Jewish Italian guy, <laughs> you know, and they had the short, the other shorter black, yep, guy, yep, the other yep. black guy. They're like, we're gonna we gonna get them we're all. Gonna, I was we're
1: like, take them all down. It's like,
2: what are you like? Shut no, up. y'all not gonna like. This is some real nineties propaganda. Like yep. we're demonizing the the, the Dream Team. Anyway. They literally well, had
1: Sissy Houston singing like two seconds ago. Like, don't play me. I, I'm I'm watching yeah, the no. movie you're presenting to me.
0: They pulled right. they pulled up and it was just like.
2: <laughs> Wait, you really have a song called the Coon Squad?
0: Oh boy, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll send that wow. to you later. Mm.
2: Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. I thought I was just coining that. I literally thought I was coining that just now. I thought I coined. It. Damn, um, it's like, guys, you can't keep up. You got to get with it.
0: But it's like. You know it's wild how, like I guess we're supposed to be, as an audience, as a general audience, empathizing with the black characters in this movie, but we don't really get to spend any time with them. We do no, get to spend we, any time they, with they, them. They, they is...
1: honestly look on like awestruck all the yeah. time.
0: Well, like you know, we get to see the the hero who is that woman who backhanded the leader of the clan. Hell um, started yeah. talking up hell and then... yeah she's my hero
1: she's the best <laughs> character in this whole damn movie because she was like hold me back hold me back you know what fuck yeah. all that whack <laughs> and gave him the one two and like was out of there
0: yeah huge huge l for the for the clan uh they uh can't even <laughs> set off yeah, a your, link, lead, right, your leader right. comes back home and
1: you like I, I saw you got slapped by an old lady
0: fam <laughs> and and I, I set on fire on. and die. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, I think you raise a you raise a good point about one of the the pitfalls of this film is that it 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 it, it fails in fully turning the rearview mirror mm-hmm. on on whiteness in society and it and it kind of it consigns to just observe the palette of like you know white uh you know ambivalence the spectrum of that instead like the full spectrum from the clan to the and and then like Sandra Bullock is supposed to represent as as McConaughey says like a radical ACLU card carrier that's what he like charges her as Mm. right so because they do that um one of the lines that really stuck out to me this time is um as much as I love Donald Sutherland, I think when I watched this, I always kind of felt like his role was kind of like neither here nor there for me. Mm. But he says to Brigance early on when he when he's kind of on the fence about taking this on, he's drinking on the lawn and he goes, you know, this is quite a peculiar case because mm-hmm. uh, if you win or if, if you lose, justice will prevail. Like he presents that to him yep. as the conclusive yep. um, experience of this case. And I think that, why this movie can, like, can be watched again, like, besides the phenomenal stuff that Sam Jackson does, like, the alchemy he does in this film, making this into something, a whole beast of its own, um, is that, like, when you hone in on lines like that, you realize, okay, if I watch this as this kind of, like, survey of the field of whiteness, Mm. and just understand that it's almost kind of like this... uh, picture gallery of different kinds of white saviors, different kinds of like just white, uh, um, you know, in- inadequacy, ineptness, yeah. really. Um, th- that, moniker, that moniker, that banner moniker that, that uh, Lucian, that Donald Sutherland presents to us is kind of, the issue is that for white people, there are no stakes. For mm-hmm. white saviors, there are no stakes. Yeah. Um, the whole movie rests on their whimsy. Or their uh, you know, their their ambivalence of oh, should I do this or should I not? And like Sam Jackson has these great lines, like, you know, after they have the whole scuffle with the ACLU people, they go downstairs and he's like, Give me some skin, you set that up. And he's like, Yeah, I needed you here. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, And then Sam says to Makani, he's like, Yeah, you're there and I'm in here. Like he doesn't break from it because he's yeah. like, the truth is, it's like, you know, I, I my, my, the 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 consequences for me. You haven't even begun to ingest them, and I'm almost ready to die.
1: His delivery of that line is, and it's not actual. Yeah, every line, but Hmm. he makes that line feel like the thesis statement of the movie. The way he he says it, it. it. because it's direct, it's straight on. It's not like angry. It's not I'm sad because I'm in here. It's like these are the actual. This is the situation, and this is the situation in America. I'm in here. People like me are in here, and people like you are out there. Straight up, no frills. End of story.
2: Right, and the stakes are just kind of like you know, come see, come saw for you, and it's based right. on could, like proximity to work and 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 um, you know, getting a, a what's it called when you get moved up in, in raises and stuff. Upper, like that. upper <laughs> mobility. Upward mobility yeah upward mobility right yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's fast it's fascinating it's fascinating
0: well it's it's interesting too because in the many interviews that i i watch for the samuel jackson's gets of course he gets asked about like you know oh like you know, you could really feel the the anger from your character, right? Like they were so mad about, you know, like what <laughs> happened to their daughter and, and all this stuff. And Sam Jackson, Boy. as he's one to do, right? In many an interview, if you if you watch the interview with Sam Jackson, immediately cuts off the interview and is like, "Well, I don't know if I was angry, right? Like right. he was like, Damn you right know, i I feel like my character was like in just in a real state of grief, of yeah. of mourning, yeah. and like." Yeah
2: resolve
0: yeah well it and like the overriding thing that garters every decision that he makes in the movie is that you know he keeps coming back to the thought that my daughter needed me and i wasn't there right you know i mean she was calling out for me literally and i wasn't there and so like he felt he had to do whatever he had to do to reestablish that he will be there to protect her always. And so that he will make sure that those people never hurt her again, but also that she knows that like nothing like if he can help it, if he's alive, you know, like he's not going to let anything like that happen to her again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're kind of getting from each of these scenes is that he's not necessarily even just like it. it is almost an acceptance of like, I know exactly what I did. Like like you said, like I, I think I think from word go he understands what he did, and he's I, never going back. I like was it. I was planning it. I knew step yep. <laughs> for step what would happen. I didn't mean to shoot the cop, you know. But like that, everybody, and, else. He, and he admits, and he and he goes directly to him
1: like a man and apologizes. Yeah. I shot, hey, I shot your knee. That
2: oh oh oh, you talking about when he goes to to Dwayne? Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I love that scene <laughs> because because even when he's expressing his apology, he's you know there's he sam has this great control of remorse and rejoice when they get the verdict he doesn't even really rejoice yep. in this way of like i thought i was gonna the really only rejoicing is when he gets to like mm-hmm. physically hold his family right yep. The when he goes to Dwayne, it's really on some like man to man like yep. like i just gotta let you know the game was never to shoot you but and he does this thing, this thing with his face where he's like yeah he's not like <laughs> it's not it uh, it's not a, yeah <laughs> and i was like you better because it's true it's like it's not like he's like oh master i'm so sorry i then, didn't mean the bullets he's like
0: he said that yeah, for Django.
2: you was you was there <laughs> you was <in> the-
1: <laughs> but that's yeah. that's also the thing that's why his performance Boy. is so good because he understands like where where does this where is this necessary you know
2: mm-hmm. where is Sometimes the regret necessary it, no, but sometimes watching it, I'm amazed it made the cut in '96 because it's so it his his role transforms the whole film. He's in another. Like movie. you guys were saying, if someone else did it without this kind of like methodical, like I don't know what he touched, but he made that he he really made this thing like yeah. something. Like I feel like niggas could go back and be like, even with all the crazy sh- these white right. people do, it. I'm like <laughs> yeah. Sam makes this thing make he sense it in down. 2022. He, it down. he really does. Well, yeah.
0: I guess unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about, just kind of small level about the movie. I mean, there's a few things that I can throw out here that are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure. some like wild the, stuff. There's
2: a couple of things. I mean, there's One,
0: multiple cross burnings. <laughs> there's multiple cross burnings. Uh, watching Kevin Spacey grow somebody about rape is wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. The the sympathetic clan member was you kind of want to just be like this you fam. Yeah, I was just like, okay, uh, yeah, the sympathetic clan member who cuts down Sandra Bullock who, was just like, I mean, I guess we couldn't let her just die, but also, could we not have found another way to have this happen? Because it's like, you see, in the scene, it's like, Keith Sutherland is like, on her, like, breathing on her, like, yeah. threatening her, like, all this stuff.
1: He, he's taking a bite out of crime. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, taking he's a bite out of this the role. He's chewing on the scenery uh, but,
0: with this role. You know, we get it we get a glimpse of this particular clan member kind of looking like, I don't know about this guy. It's like this is a white woman.
2: <laughs> and right.
0: then he comes back later and like just I guess he drops her off at the hospital. I'm not quite sure what happens. But Sure. Why not? It's just kinda of like, do we like a bunch of things we don't need, right? Like don't need sympathetic right. clan member. Don't even really need her to be abducted by the clan. I'm not quite sure. What I was supposed to be good. It's out not of that like he's gonna
2: like leave Ashley Judd and go run off with Sandra Bullock. It's so no. weird. Like, yeah, that's like, the thing too. That's... The weird infidelity, like the like the okay, like the yeah. That's like, what?
1: that's what feels <laughs> the most like white person to me is the yeah. infidelity plot because it's like you've built this person to already be a person who loves his wife, loves his daughter, right? Like would do anything yes. for these people, and and you've already been shown that repeatedly. Thirty minutes into the movie, I get it, right? We see Sandra Bullock, and we're supposed to be like, oh, she's sexy,
2: and they work together. Right. This is a problem now. This, and it's or like, or, or, yeah. or this gets a pass. Or, like, infidelity yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. on the white side of town. Like, right, like, right, right.
1: Like, if, if they do it, because they're both sexy people, we're not going to feel so bad about it morally. And it's like, no, no. And this movie doesn't need it, because the movie doesn't even want to go there. Because when it does go there, it's like she's busted up in a bed, in a hospital bed, and she's still like, you still want to go on on a date? It's like why? You don't have to ask. Don't, don't do that.
2: I know. That's- it's almost as if I wish that they just did the magical realism thing where they were like, yeah. where like, where goes like, like man, like she really saved our case. And then he's like, who? They're like, which she? Like, <laughs> I, I was the only one who saw her the whole time.
0: You know, like,
2: guarding <laughs> yeah. the good and evil. Because that's like, yeah. yeah. That's like, Like, it was just in the ether, you know?
1: It's just just strange for me because there's, like, two characters who are there to help Jake, right? Right. There's Oliver Platt's character, and there's There's, there's, there's there's
2: Donald Sutherland. There's
0: the first... Cameron, how could you forget? The first member of the NAACP in this county, (laughs) Donald Sutherland.
1: (laughs) What's funny is I I sound drunk. (laughs) <laughs> I saw the painting that he pointed to in the when he goes like you you my guy you're my guy right yeah. and instantly I thought back to Basmati Blues I was like oh Donald Sutherland but that's he's not in this movie and I totally forgot that I saw his name in the opening credits I'm like yep. oh yeah him
0: he's here he's down get, he's down for the car i get
2: various i get various scenes and sequences of this film jumbled up with like jfk and, and, and uh, midnight in the garden of good and evil yeah. there's like oh a whole God. collection of like southern gothic law films from the 90s that <laughs> just play scrabble in my mind I but mean, i guess on the on the, same. the on the topic of law i think one thing that i did in this last viewing, kind of appreciate in as it was kind of a digestive for the caucasity of it all was that when it steeped so much in um, law and and lawyer ethics, I think mm. it's interesting because they kind of use this. Lawyers are supposed to navigate themselves with this Hippocratic unbiased thing, you know, this yeah. ethos yeah. of kind of like I can be on defense or prosecution. It's all about debate. Um, that that's kind of like a proxy for white ambivalence for white privilege for this mm. space that they have uh, been allocated to not feel anything for anything and just kind of sit in this middle and 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 only sit on what serves me and one thing about brigance that really stuck out to me on this watch was how much of just a pure like hustler he is because mm-hmm. even the scene immediately after like the plea hearing he comes down and he's grilling Carly about being a hundred dollars short of a G. Yeah. He's yep. he's holding nine hundred dollars mm-hmm. in his hand. And he's and he's and he's heated that he hasn't given him an extra hundred because the full hundred. The, the hundred, full thousand. Yeah, yeah. And even the issue is that I can't, even the thousands too little. And I'm like, bro, this is like a death penalty case. And you and you're supposed to have represented his brother. I was like, from that scene to the to the NAACP being like, you know, we got this, we just swindled them out of the money they raised us. I was like, this man is just a pure hustler. Like I didn't yeah. really catch that on my early. Well, movie.
0: because there's also the scene where he's in church with Ashley Judd and her parents mm. Mm. and he's talking with them and then the news cameras goes up and he's like, Oh wait, I, I need to go. I need to go be on TV real quick. You right, know just- I mean? Here's an opportunity for me to speak and be, you know, like, like, because mm-hmm. his whole thing throughout the movie is like, this is, this is a literal black or white case, right? Like, I'm going to show that a black man can get a fair trial in the South, and like, I'm going to do, yada yada yada. And you see him repeatedly on TV, kind of spouting and touting these lines. And it's it's interesting because, all right, I guess let's let's pivot slightly into the mid mid macro here, because there's a there's a big macro point that I want to get to, but like. Mm-hmm. His his final closing speech, right, and the yeah, speech yeah. that that Samuel Jackson gives him before the the end of the trial. So <sighs> this let's let's start with Samuel Jackson's speech. I think yeah. this is this is where this movie conflicted me slightly because this is probably the closest that any of these movies have gotten to saying the full part. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, the, the quiet part. <laughs> They get they get around they kinda of tiptoe through it and like but every white savior, including Jake Burgant at the end of this movie, is redeemed, right? Every one of them right, right. comes out of it like you did the right thing. They still win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I mean? You oh, made yeah. a oh, difference yeah. and you are important, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And <laughs> like <laughs> you know. And so, you know, this is kind of supposed to be like a, oh, wait, is Jake, you know, because like the first part where Sandra Bullock kind of calls him out, you're supposed, oh, wait, is Jake bad? Like, is Jake doing a bad thing? And then, you know, like Samuel Jackson calls him out here and it's it's a similar energy of like, wait a minute, is Jake doing this for the wrong reasons? And I think there there is truth to this the speech that Samuel Jackson gives him, right? In the sense of like, oh, no, you, you are not any different from these people you know these clan members in the sense that like you don't see me any differently as as you know black person or you know like in a specific kind of black person right like you're not Mm -hmm. looking at me like oh yeah like i'll give you a chance it's just kind of like oh if you didn't know me like if i if you didn't represent my brother and i try to roll up on you to get you to represent me like that's not happening right and so you know like you you get that feel for it and also just the general idea that Sure, right? Like, you can mean well, and you can want to do good things. But at the end of the day, there's two Americas, right? There's Mm -hmm. you and there's me, right? And the the privileges that you are afforded, not only as a white person, but like, look at Jake, right? He is a (laughs) lawyer with no clients, (laughs) still in this big ass office. Like, if that was a black lawyer, they would have turned the lights off yeah <laughs> day the day after that check did not come in he's sitting in the dark there is no way that he's getting afforded all these opportunities of not paying sure. people and not doing all this stuff and still that big-ass office that he has um <laughs> so like clearly like he's living kind of he has got that big-ass house that he's renovating with what right. money that i don't understand so you know like he's good right and that's also that part where samuel jackson is like i'm in here and you're out there you know what i mean and like you're, you're this is kind of a game to you right this is kind of like right. you're playing this is like
2: Bingo. Ooh, yeah
0: you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be the literal hero here i'm gonna be the one after right. this i'm gonna be on right right and you know i i i want to get your opinions on this particular scene but i also like had to question into the future because there's sequels to this book and i i haven't really looked into them yet but like ooh. I get the feeling, obviously, like, this case made Jake Brugance, the lawyer. But I don't know I, I what happens what to Carly Haley after this case, because he's almost persona non grata. He did kill those people. That's not a thing. Nobody's oh, yeah. denying that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a right. thing that people are like, did he? Was he the one? No. He, there was witnesses. He admits to killing them it's just oh, in, but... a, in, a, in a fit of insanity, you know, is, is the right. line they're using for the for the trial. But it's like, I don't think he's good in that town. I think black people. Oh town, no. But I don't think he's able. To, I don't think he's going to get another job. He can't
1: go back well, in the town. Th- yeah, no. Yeah, he yeah can't you know go what I mean. I don't think his no life more. is
0: good after this. And so no. this movie kind of ends on a note of like, and Jake and him are friends, and they, you know, and their daughters play together now, and it's everything forever. is better. They, they were at the cookout time. forever, forever, I don't know if that's
2: and, the, and, the, and the buffet never ended. <laughs> and,
0: uh, <laughs> but how did y'all how did y'all read that particular scene where he's kind of reading jake uh before they go to the the final
2: it's it's like i was saying with sandra bullock almost that you know when you get to the conclusion of the reality of some of these things they're kind of a bit a bit like nonsensical almost like magical like like the ending when the daughter breaks through the daughter Mm. who has oh yeah i mean like man it's just an, i mean there's so, there's so much in this film that like part of why it's so relevant is like they they gloss over it, that this girl somehow survived unspeakable horrors unspeakable horrors and 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 that Ugh. that like she's somehow supposed to like we're supposed to just be able to be like yeah she's strong enough to just deal with that like yeah. so even her breaking through that like feels like it doesn't actually it's not even really happening like at the end sometimes when i watch this i go like wait i go like wait is this is someone going to try and shoot carly now again like is someone going to break through like more retribution and then it doesn't happen and i'm like yeah i just i i really feel i feel what you're saying Jordan, because i didn't know i i think i forgot that there's like I, I do know that John Grisham like will take his leads, and they have multiple, multiple, just yeah. you know, more and more stuff. But I do wonder with Carl Lee because yeah, there's just no way. Like, there's just no, no. way And that town. There's a newly formed clan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <There's> a newly <laughs> formed but even the clan. I mean, that's the thing. So at the end of the movie, right? Like, Kevin Spacey is kind of like good case. You know I mean? good like, job. shake your hand, yeah. like you know, like we. It was hey. That was just me being a lawyer. I don't believe any of that stuff. I (laughs) Uh, thought that was kind of cool.
2: I was like, that was kind of cool.
0: And then, like, even Keith or Sutherland is kind of like, what if he was white? You know, that's the That that speech kind of worked on me. It
1: got him. And he's a Klan member. You know, it's it's kind of like. You know Them they, niggas believe in magic <laughs> like, and do heard a speech and was like, you know what? He kind of right. I hate yeah. the
2: tangents so far, but I'll make it short. The, the ending yeah. that this reminded me the most of, and it's a movie I've been thinking about the ending a lot recently, is the ending of Purple Rain. Because the the, 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 the major conflict in Purple Rain really is that what Billy, the club owner, says to Prince, he goes, I got three bands. He goes, he says, I have four bands. And I because I have three bands, I only need two. You know, yeah, and 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 the issues that Prince isn't playing the music apparently that people don't that people don't like. Oh my but, God, that that's, but, that's yeah.
1: the biggest egregious part of that movie, right? That the music people don't want to number hear one this. album in the world. But anyway,
2: um, but the thing is that like the the song, the title song is like the Deus Ex Machina. He just plays it, and all wrongs are righted. But yep. the yeah. issue that I sometimes have been reflecting on is like we never really. Figure because Billy, they cut to Billy like the club, like listener, like really filling the song. Like, but damn, the, the the objective issue that he still <laughs> has three bands. We don't. So wait, did Morris hear it? And Morris is like, "All right, I'm just gonna stop doing the time." Like mm-hmm. no, no one I'm ever answer, making music. Yeah, no one ever answers that. It just kind of like fades into nothing. No, you're you're 100, yeah.
1: and I, I mean to get back to a time to kill, like it 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 does do the thing where like what a man was burned a house blew up this girl can't have children she's 10 years old she I forgot they, not,
0: they they shot a was it a police officer or somebody got like shot Keith Settler shot somebody from a roof yeah i forgot about that yeah. part too he
1: he clipped the dude in his in his neck yeah. like that's a guy who has a family like <laughs> Samuel Jackson's when he when he says that in jail when he's like i'm in here and you're out there that's also like that's the that's the macro kind of, right? Mhm. We're in jail. You can do whatever you want. And that's kind of like how the movie plays out. I'm going to go back to my life, like we said, it's not going to be that good. I probably can't go to the pickly wiggly no more. But you're good and you're probably going to make a case for yourself and you're probably yeah. going to, you know, make all this money doing being a lawyer down the line. And the movie kind of just says, "Cool, like he's invited to the cookout. Like literally, he's invited to the cookout, which yeah. is just so horrible to me. You but know, like, you know, because his shit. wife
2: is a his wife is a full on racist. Ashley Judd yeah. is like yep. literally like just a, She's racist. a racist.
0: His his secretary's a racist. <laughs> his secretary is a wall racist. Like <laughs> you know, like the secretary is also everybody... British and was fighting that accent the whole movie, yeah. fighting that accent." Everybody on the jury's racist. Like they have a couple of mean? scenes where they're meeting at a motel, and they're just like, "This nigga's guilty, right?" And they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "There's one guy who's kind of like, I don't know." And but at the end of the movie, it's like, "Yeah, he's." You know, he's but that's also
1: favorite. that's also Twelve Angry Men. That's also Twelve Angry yeah. Yeah. Men. White, right? Because yeah, right?
0: this is this is their this is literally
1: their white ambivalence. This is like, okay, we had to spend an afternoon in a room, but this uh this little Latino boy might die. If we don't, if we don't like, you know, uh, survey our moral compass to a certain degree. (laughs) Right. And in a Time to Kill, if this, like, they literally had to, they knew they had to move the case because they knew that these people in this town wasn't going to stand for it, even knowing that it's some racist bullshit. Like, they knew Mm -hmm. that this is a crime of passion. This is a crime of, like, a person defending their family, their livelihood. And they're still like, fam, bury that nigga. Like, you know, like. So, it's, that's the problem with all these movies. That's the, the problem we keep coming back to, right. right? Is that at the end of the day, all these people who serve on these juries are the lawyers, are the saviors. Their lives are m- minus, you know, Homeboy's house getting blown up or, like, his dog yeah. possibly going missing are, like, fine. They will be okay, you know? Oh, he's good, yeah. Yeah, Samuel it, Jackson, there's no double jeopardy for him. He's not going to go around trying to commit that crime again. There's no living that life like that again.
2: Double jeopardy. No. Also Ashley Judd. Also Ashley Judd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he's good nice nice, target, though, Nice tip so. of the hat. Nice tip yes. of the hat.
2: <laughs> so I was gonna say this movie. Re- this movie reminds me of why, like, I've never really. Ca- I, this is very controversial. I'm gonna say, mm. but I've, a- as a book and as a film, I've never cared for it To Kill a Mockingbird. Even in school, growing up, when you have to, you're tasked with writing, you know, these conclusive essays about fucking Gregory Peck. What was his? What's the Alda? Aldous uh, Finch? whatever? Oh, Atticus fu- Finch? I, like, I like. It's neither here nor there to me. Because the stakes for these people aren't realized to me, I, it doesn't no. it doesn't exist out here or in here, you know. Yeah, but George, is that it, the yeah. big macro that you're getting to? with the uh well,
0: let's get let's get to the big macro, and we can we can wrap that in with Matthew McConaughey's speech, right? Because Please. the big macro to me is this is a movie because this is this is the controversy of this movie, right? The controversy mm-hmm. of this movie, the thing that people didn't like about the book and they didn't like about the film is that people are like well are you advocating vigilante justice are you advocating that you know people could just go around and kill people and and they get to get off because you know like you know whatever whatever right Sorry. and the thing about it is yes if you're white because that's the history of the country right If you see a teenager eating Skittles and walking home and you don't think they belong in the neighborhood, you, according to the legal system, can murder them and get away with it. If you are a white woman who maybe or maybe not had a a little black boy whistle at you, you can go tell somebody and they can beat him beyond recognition and leave him in a river and you'll get off. You know what I mean? Like countless times, how many lynchings, how many assassinations, how many other things have white people done? In broad daylight, not even it's not a secret. You know what I mean? It's, it's our not history, like it's a, our present. Yeah, and so you can do vigilante justice. Justice, right? If you, I did that in air quotes, if you right, right. feel like a wrong has been committed, if you're white. If you're black, automatically, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a no-go. You're getting killed, you're going to jail, you're getting, you know, whatever, the, the most, you know, lethal sentence you can possibly get. And so that whole... And then imagine she was white, right? Kind of scene. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but like you know, this is this isn't because my so my biggest issue, right, is is that. But also like this is a movie predicated on exploitation, right? Like we're ex, we're we're being exploitative of black pain and black trauma. We're raping a ten year old black girl
2: <laughs> for the premise they-
0: of this movie. You know what I mean? And, like, the idea, though, that not even that this is a thing that, like, oh, yeah, you know, because they play it like, oh, but you know, you know, they're going to get off. Like, you you know, they're not going to do any time for that. So, like, Samuel Jackson has to do what he has to do to, to make things right. But we're never getting to the point of, like, but why are they going to get off? You know what I mean? Did you think about <laughs> right. the system that has been created that would allow that to even be a consideration? Because any logical empathetic human being would hear grown man raped 10 year old girl obviously never going to see the light of day again right like that seems to be a pretty shut and dry case there shouldn't be any other you know like "Mm, well maybe you know have you have you considered it's like no like that's it they're going to jail right so even the idea that that could happen and then there would be any kind of like you know situation in which they either did minimal time or no time at all, like seems to be crazy, right? But Mm -hmm. then you remember that this is America and that kind of shit happens all the time, right? My issue is we're doing this and then it's filtered through a white gaze, right? It's filtered through Jake Bergant's, right? We never know how Tonya feels because we never talk to her. I think all she gets to say is "It's daddy- something along the lines of daddy you know i i called for you whatever like every time that little girl He's, is trotted they, they get... out go on. Uh, every time that little girl is trotted out it's to exploit the audience yes. right like she's used basically as a we need some tears right now you know what i mean like yeah. we gotta we gotta really juice the audience right now so like bring out the little black girl who got beat up and raped and I'm, like glad you bring up, I'm, bring, I'm glad you brought that up,
1: honestly, because you know that I mean? is the most disgusting part about this movie, is that the person that all this happens to, the person that this movie hinges on, is only presented, like, to have trauma happen to them, to uh, evoke tears when necessary, and they're only no. in, like, three scenes tops.
0: Yeah, and then the the family, though, you know what I mean, like Samuel Jackson... Gets minimal screen time. His wife gets even less screen time. The black community gets no screen time except for I guess. Nah, we get to go to church and be swindlers, man. <laughs> the Coon Squad. The Coon Squad. <laughs> you know, because we see we see a lot of like suspicious looking Negroes in do rags standing outside of the courtroom. You know, <laughs> idling and like looking angry. And there's there's literal literally when you look at those those crowd scenes, it is literally. A crowd full of white people, you know, with with Fry Carly Haley and then a crowd full of black people with free Carly Haley signs. There's no there, there's, you're not going to see any uh, flies in the ointment, so to speak. Right. Like there's not <laughs> <laughs> there's no crossing the picket lines there. It's very much so all the white people want him dead. All the black people are like son of a free. And, you know, it feels very much so like there's parts of this movie where it's like, I, th- I think you almost get it. And then there's All other right. parts of this movie where I'm like, this is just some, like, bullshit for a movie. And that's why I was conflicted, because I was like, if this was just, look, I love a good, like I said, 90s serial killer thriller, a right. good, like, there's a movie, there's a literally a movie with Ashley Judd and Samuel L. Jackson, I think came out a few years after this, that's, like, basically, like, you know, she's a, she's a detective, and he's, like, her, like mentor and like one of her father's best friends kiss the girls
2: no no are you thinking is is this is this oh wait no no that's morgan freeman that's morgan freeman along came a spider
0: yeah no but there's there's one with actually and samuel jackson i'm gonna look it up for us Um, but it's like i like that i like a trashy you know what i mean i like uh all, the, all so, the trashy black so thrillers, underhand. you know what I mean like this is this is what I love but then like they do stuff like this where I'm just like damn y'all like this is really some unforgivable level of like exploitation and I'm just like <laughs> it's, it's true you know it's, it, it gets really wild but so let's 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 talk about all of that in in conjunction with that speech that Matthew McConaughey gives because not only is it the speech that once the case, it's the speech that makes Matthew McConaughey a movie star. You know what I mean? Literally. That speech is what he tells a story about Friday before the movie comes out, he's going down, he's doing his little routine. You know, he's he's going down uh like the pier and he's getting his tuna sandwich, he's walking around, like a couple of people like look at him and maybe notice him and recognize him from a movie. And Then the Monday after the movie comes out, you know what I mean? Because it's doing like amazing at the box office. Like everybody's looking at him, you know, when he goes to do the same thing. Like he is instantly recognizable as movie star Matthew McConaughey, right? And so, like, this scene where he basically, if you haven't seen the movie, we're not kidding. He literally just describes the rape in graphic detail and then says, (laughs) Now imagine she was white. You know what I mean? And like that's despicable. It's kind of despicable. So like seeing that speech and 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 having just general knowledge of how these things usually go. Again, how many how many cases have we seen where like just imagine if a lawyer actually said that in court?
1: (laughs) It would make me want to actually pursue law if it was that easy. Like (laughs) Like well, how dare you? Nowadays, it, I'd probably it,
2: lose your case or something. Yeah, or like, <laughs> yeah. people would be like, "And yeah, I don't know." Oh my god,
0: because <laughs> it didn't. Ju- it didn't just work. Like people were seemed to be genuinely moved by his speech, and in so much as you might infer that an actual change happens in this town. Right
2: in this town, <laughs> like, people yeah, of all walks of life were shook
1: yeah they, they they were about to commit a racism and then they were like but imagine if, if they were white though it's like damn <laughs> what if they this, were
0: white though that's true uh but yeah what did <laughs> how did y'all read how do you read that scene because that's the crux of the movie that all the whole movie hinges on that particular scene and you either buying and believing it or being like come on dog.
2: It's a very moderate film that has flashes of its ideas of extremism on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, what's so jarring about the diner film, the diner scene with Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey, because both characters up until that point, I I felt like sometimes whenever I watch, I'm always kind of surprised by how he's uh, uh, TTing with her in that. I don't Mm -hmm. expect him to be so like unhinged, uh, kind of like conservative um I, even sometimes when i'm watching it i think i'll go like oh is he about to say like that's what they'll do to you on the stand that's what you got to be ready for you know that, that's what no, i was ready to- for that that's what i thought they were going to do but they yeah. don't and so what i'm reminded about in this film is that like yeah it's extremely moderate they keep trying to like toggle the center over here so then by the time he makes that speech it's like because also mind you it's like he describes the abuse which starts the film right so it's like it it there are these two parallel moments. He says it, then he has this extremely like choreographed ballet like cry, you know. And then he says, Imagine if she's white. And then he says the defense rests. And it's like the beats of those moments are um, like I said before, it's like it's not even really happening. So I think um, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of wild, I think, to be reminded how moderate the film is and how n- not radical it is. I think you get lost in Sam Jackson's Tour de Force, which, like I said before, really like transforms the work, some of the worst parts of this film into something kind of like, you know, something that could be studied his bits. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't really like <laughs> the whole that whole last act of the film just feels like it's not even really like ha- like it feels like a dream sequence.
1: I, yeah, I actually had the same reaction. I remember literally sitting here watching the movie and it was just like, audibly, like, what? How, how, what? How did you think that that's, I mean, maybe it's the town, because I'm also like, I'm one of those people that when I watch movies like this, I feel like I have to explain it to myself to make it yeah, make exactly. sense, you know? Like, okay, so like that they said that because like everybody in the town's white and nobody else would like, Really think outside themselves yeah. to think that okay that makes sense. But then like, in reality, that's like hyper fucked up.
2: <laughs> you well, know? he, he yeah. also like teases his closing statement throughout the movie, like like that bit when he's in, when they're in the church and then he gets mm-hmm. and he, and then like you brought it before when when the press is outside he's like oh I gotta go talk the white lady he go, he like he like kind of pump fakes it to her he goes like imagine if it was your daughter like he already is like like trying that bit out like it's a comedy routine. You know, so it's, I don't know, it's weird. Like, they want you to feel like he's had some kind of art growth. You know, he has to go through all these things. Yeah, like, they keep trying to paint these things like he has to go through it in his personal life to be able to empathize. And by the time he gets to the end, I mean, when you really look at it, like, it's kind of, it's it's his greatest performance. It's not like he's had some revelation of self that he's expressing. Mm -hmm. It's like he's mastered, he's figured out Mm. the final hustle, mm. you know? And and maybe I would respect the film more if they even just kind of yeah. crystallized that. Like, he's like...
1: Nah, but... Because movies... Movies... Movies in general, like the big capital letters, movies, uh, it's all about good guys versus bad guys. It's always course, about altruism. Yeah. Like, there's got to be somebody who was correct about the thing, whatever it is. There's no... And I feel like I mean, maybe maybe we're getting into this nowadays. I mean yeah. modern movie scene. Thomas Anderson,
2: Definitely, man. Like- the master. I think the master is a great example of a film that tries to tackle these mm-hmm. things and and then like it does both sides and it lets you really sit in both the truth sides. of both sides without being, you know, or there will be blood, you know, like let you know yeah. the lets you know the yeah. real honest truth of it. Like, you know, like you know when Daniel Plainview is putting on an act. And you know that that's the that's the evil and the greed, you know, but this film yeah. really does. It, I think that's actually is one of the malignant, mm-hmm. toxic things of these 90 films like that. Yeah, because it's like it is crazy. The con- well, this context also that Jordan's given about what it did for people in their careers and where they were at and then how much Sam was really kind of snubbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean,
1: all these people are literally on the yeah. cusp of their hyper fame. Kevin Spacey had just done Usual Suspects, so he. No, like this is a year before Usual Suspects, town. isn't it? <laughs> yep. I mean,
2: ninety-seven
1: is Usual Suspects. Is ninety-seven? Well, Damn, well, he, that's right. it's like later.
2: But you're right, though, because this is the beginning of that seven. American Beauty. This is the. This is big. This is big.
1: This This is big for all, the four of them. Honestly, a I mean, lot. Samuel Jackson is right off the heels of Pulp Fiction. I mean, he what we can we can talk about it later cuz i'm sure we're going to talk about it later but uh right. he was nominated for a uh, golden globe off this so he was recognized for the work but it's also like we didn't really recognize it cuz he does not win but i mean that's that's neither here nor there what i what i'm really talking about is these movies love to bask in white savior like a a faux altruism like like america's better than itself like Mm -hmm. like america's more graceful than it presents itself usually like racism exists sure like we have horrible people we have the Klan, we have division uh we have those things we have racism we live in a world that exists with racism and people who commit rape like we live in that world right but the people who are there are good people and there are bad people and we are Supposedly committed to being good people, when right. there are people who honestly are just trying to skate by, and I wish that I—I mean, what we we're getting to is that sadly, this movie doesn't isn't interested in like the fact and, that and he for was as just long to as it by. is, you would that's think not that
2: they, they flesh no. some of these things out. But I,
1: mm-hmm. I'm actually—I will say—I'm reminded of I think a movie that does this better actually yeah. is um, Flight. With Denzel Washington, and that movie is about you know he, he's a drunk who uh, flew the plane upside down and he managed to land it and save the majority of the people on board, but he was drunk when he flew the plane, and <laughs> the movie is also two and a half hours. It is also two and a half hours, but it's good. It's Robert <laughs> Zemeckis. He ain't that boy. That boy knows how to direct a movie. Um, <laughs> but. At the end of the movie, I mean, he's he's the, the whole movie. Denzel is dealing with his um, alcoholism, and they're trying to get him to be sober for the stand. And they even like get him a hotel room in the court for the court uh, for the trial. But there's a bar in the hotel room, and like the like the one of the, the yeah the G moment in that movie is when he's like he goes all the way for the liquor, and he's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And then the camera stays on the booze, and he's like, "Fuck it." Yeah. And then at the trial, he says that I drank the vodka right now. That's the Oscar clip. He was like,
2: oh, "I was drunk, drunk then. Right I'm now. drunk right now. I drank the vodka right now.
1: I'm I'm drunk right now." It's it's one it, it's one of his honestly. I, I, I fuck with Ezell even in the weird movies that he does, but like that is still like see, the right weird
2: right movies. Right. So you mean you I'm mean to tell right me you've you've seen Roman J. Esquire? I have seen yeah. Roman J.
1: Israel Esquire and it's better than you think. That's the subtitle of the film. That's for
2: the That's the subtitle of the film the and it's, than better, than it's better than you think. I'm going to my grave well, never seeing that film. <laughs> <laughs> just, Just a little bit about me. <laughs> On my bucket list is not that. <laughs>
1: But I will say that movie is actually real about the altruism, like, or uh, about the uh, the both sides because, like, yeah. he is a drunk. He ended up being drunk at the end. He, and, he's uh, right he's, and he's drunk right now. And he's <laughs> drunk right now. He he goes to jail off that shit. You know, he's like, I did that shit. Yeah. I did that shit, but I saved them people. Dude, I'm, he I'm was real Sully. About that. He was this Sully. Movie, yeah. He was Sully before Sully was Sully.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's no nuance in this movie. Like this movie and is very no nuance, heavy-handed and, no and like that situation, we're just, right. we're, yeah, we're just every we're throwing everything situation. at the wall. Uh, we're tying it to a brick. <laughs> we're throwing it as that's hard as we can. That's probably what makes and Oliver Platt's like...
2: character so funny because by the time you get to him, they've thrown everything out the wall. That he's just kind mm-hmm. of a nondescript, horny, like legal guy. I feel who's yeah. probably doing cocaine.
1: I was like, what are you doing as a screenwriter? Like, what are you doing? Like this character. Doesn't need to be He's here yet. Comedic
0: relief, Cameron. He's supposed to is be he? there to make you laugh as he ogles the women and uh, gets oh turned down repeatedly. Oh my god!
1: I um, read somewhere. I mean, this is in this is in the research part, but I read somewhere that Donald Sutherland, when he came to the role, he was like, "I want him to be like a more swarthy drunk. I want him to yeah. be like a little cra- a little campier." And Joel Schumacher was like,
0: "Dead, dead, fam. Do what I said." <laughs> yep. Well, let's let's get into a little bit of that research because there's some there's few interesting behind the scenes things oh, with this movie. Yeah, come uh, on! So. It's
1: been it's been a couple of weeks without the research, and I'm like, I know this one's messy. I know well, this one's a little messy.
0: Maybe the movie itself not so messy, but uh, yeah. th- there's there's some messy elements to it. So, like I said, we'll just run down, you know, a few things again. This movie came out in 1996, and like. This is the whole thing. Like, Jonathan Grisham, somehow, like, I guess The Firm was a big enough hit that he, like, was able to really get some clout and control in Hollywood because he didn't sell the rights to this book. So he had the complete rights to the film. And people were desperately trying to buy the rights off of him and he was not having it because he didn't want this. It wasn't that he didn't necessarily want this made into a film, but, like, he just didn't want to give the movie away and then people to do whatever they want to do with it so he's basically negotiated yeah you could have the rights to the film but i'm gonna have like very strict and direct input on the movie like who gets cast who directs it's, it it's like apprehension
2: and caution is already so funny to me right now because he's like it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's very yeah <laughs>
1: it's my it's my baby
2: i'm jake he, he wants to play jake <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's in my contract. <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what the movie is, um, because oh I think I I think I'm going the wrong way. Yeah, so it's the client. The client client uh, was a movie in 1994, which is also is that, again based is that on the John Richard Gere, Gere one. It's uh, Tommy Lee Jones, which also has Ozzy Davis in it. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Is Ruby <laughs> is boy, Ruby Dee around? Too? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was gonna say movie <laughs> D gotta be in a They were never separate in a you movie. Better not be
0: but I mean this is just the real weird Oh thing I remember of Joel this with Susan
2: Sarandon. Yeah, wow.
0: Yeah, this is the real Ooh. weird Joel Schumacher ah. of it all because he does The Client, which is a Brian John Grisham from... novel, then he does Batman Forever, then he comes back uh a few years later and does A Time to Kill, which is another John Grisham novel, and then does Batman around. Right after that, somewhere sandwiched in between there is the babysitter, um, with Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone.
1: Oh my God, that Um, movie! Jesus Christ, these are all the Showtime like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) your boy Joel Schumacher is an interesting fellow, especially among the black community. I'm sure Mm. Jordan, you've done your research here.
0: I mean, you could fill me in on if there's anything that I missed, Uh, but I've I've got just some quotes from him just talking about
2: read the ones he says about.
0: Well, well,
1: let's let's let's. I want I want to give some context to this man because this is the same man whose first three filmmaking credits. I'm talking filmmaking credits, not directing. His first three filmmaking credits are: he's the screenwriter for Sparkle, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Car Wash, Mm -hmm. and The Wiz. (laughs)
2: Sparkle with Aretha (laughs) Franklin.
1: Spark, sparkle with Aretha Franklin and Curtis Mayfield on the soundtrack. This is the man. Okay, so any quotes there going forward came from
0: this man. Okay.
1: <laughs> I need y'all to notice.
0: Um, so I mean, it's yeah, it's so. I I mean, let's just get into that in, in particular. Um, if we're talking about just this movie specifically, is that like he was very particular about like who was gonna play the roles and, and like who was gonna be in this movie. And so Matthew McConaughey originally wanted to be Freddie Lee Cobb. Like that's what he auditioned for, which was the role that Kiefer Sutherland had. But then like what? eventually was able to get into a room with Jonathan Grisham and Jonathan Grisham like you know like his wife was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, definitely cast that guy. Uh, and so they they casted him because the studio wanted Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner wanted complete control of the project, and they were like, can't give that to him. <laughs> so he was out. Um, Woody Harrelson wanted to play Jake Bergantz, but John Grisham didn't want that. He made a mistake. Um, <laughs> I think he made a mistake.
1: I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Um,
0: but... Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of that. And then there is the reason that A Time to Kill was written. So Jonathan Gersham describes this book as being very autobiographical for him, right? You know, it's it's a young attorney kind of trying to find his way, and he's like, this is very much not a literal true story for, for him, but, like, you know, there's a lot of him in Jake Bergantz, right? And specifically... In a case that he witnessed. So he witnessed this case in 1984. And he witnessed the testimony of a 12-year-old rape victim. There are two sisters who are 16 and 12. Had both been raped and beaten and nearly murdered by a man named Willie James Harris. The two sisters were white. Willie James Harris is a black man. And so (laughs) he takes this premise and I guess inverts it for his... Particular usage, um
2: and that's where we get a um, time I'm exhausted. to kill from. I'm
0: exhausted. I'm, <laughs> exhausted. I'm exhausted. He really is like
2: J.K. Rowling, though. Like he just gives too much. He just he sh- we should have never known that. It's insane. There's also
0: <laughs> multiple quotes of him speaking, God. just in terms of like he he describes racism as like like a it's a daily struggle for for him and other white people uh from the south to just kind of like overcome the things that they've been raised with and like the the way that they've been taught to think and believe about the world and so like he's I mean he's interesting because it's like he kind of gets it like there's a bit of him that's like yeah. he understands you know where is he from he's from he's from Mississippi um I didn't know anyone- joe no joe schumacher not joe schumacher this is this is just is grisham jonathan grisham oh
2: yeah, yeah yeah yeah. okay okay i thought we were i thought we were strict to talk about oh Joel no no schumacher. yeah
0: we're talking about yeah jonathan grisham is 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 yeah uh you know yeah. again he based this case on or based the novel on, on that case that he witnessed but like in the book jake brigantz just lets the N-word fly multiple times. He say, nigger, all over the place, in front of black people, to black people. Um He walked so Joe Rogan could run. I guess so. None of that's in the movie. Uh but in the book, if you read it, like there's a lot of a lot of spicy talk from one Jake Burgantz. Um, oh, this is <laughs> I see what I see what
2: happened here. I see what happened mm-hmm. here. I get it.
0: Okay. There's a Jesus couple other Christ. things in the in the book that got transferred from the movie like in the book Charles Estet's character is, is much more of like an informant for Jake like he's working with house like, as the police you know I mean he's trying to do whatever he can to help assist Jake and get information and, and do all this stuff in the movie lest we
2: forget lest we forget yeah. he is 12 he is 12 <laughs> um, <laughs> as the police yeah, as, as the cops so <laughs> it's interesting
0: too to see him at the end of the movie at the cookout like he's just chilling there like with the blacks you know like yep. they're all at right the cookout. Man. That's... No, that's <laughs> my like, though is he really just hanging out there and they're also comfortable with him just being because he's described in the movie as like beloved in the black community but respected by the white community and i was like find me that person <laughs> back, 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 back. find me that that law enforcement officer that's the, who can do that's both. the unicorn that's the real unicorn right don't there. think that exists but anyways so there's a lot of that right then like I said when I watched a lot of these you know behind the scenes interviews or people talking about the movie Sandra Bullock is talking about it Kevin Spacey's talking about it Matthew McConaughey's talking about it and they're all talking talking about it in an abstract way of like you know what a great experience it was making the movie you know, there's never really any talk about, if they do talk about what the movie's about, it is less about the racial elements of it and more about the moral quandary of, you know, what, what the is, death penalty. yeah, or like, what is it, what is, what, how far can somebody go, you know, to take the law into their own hands, you know what I mean? And again, we've, how many Death Wish movies did they make where uh, Charles Bronson <laughs> just... Oh, oh. Oh, murder! Oh, exactly,
2: <laughs> and dirty, ha- dirty Harrys, all the Clint Eastwood, all yeah. that. Yeah, I mean so that's
1: Batman. Yeah, that's Batman. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, at the top of my notes here, underneath is is vengeance. Yeah. You know, vengeance <laughs> is literally like the whole blockbuster crux of this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's insane.
0: And Samuel Jackson is the only one to really speak on it. You know, in in that sense in those terms of just like, yeah, man, like this is what it is. You know, like he's like, I grew up in the South, you know, in the segregated south. Right. You know what I mean? Like I know what right. I know what it is. I've seen it. I've experienced it. You know what I mean? And like I live it every day. Yeah, this wasn't really And like, we've
2: seen we've seen and what's in what's interesting, I'm I'm so glad to hear that he spoke on that because it's so fascinating. Like this movie it's he's take he's taking vengeance vengeance or justice yeah. into his own hands against white people, the establishment. But what's so great about Sam illuminating that reality of the South is that within our own community and not being like within our own community, but like because <laughs> having a family from that, I know plenty of stories about sh- that went down on a Saturday night yep. with like certain men solving stuff, solving stuff and one's not here anymore yeah mm-hmm. or that's why so-and so didn't have a uncle because this hit the fan this year yep it's like and nobody went to jail it was like the word of mouth of like people were like oh that was the cause was it just and then people kind of weighed it and if if it if it was if it weighed out it went B or if it didn't weigh out there was another someone else solved a, a bit of it it's just yeah. like so <laughs> but but it's, but I guess it's really cool. It's really cool to hear that Sam was talking about all the like really get into it because I feel like that's what grounded his performance in a way that everybody else was just in a whole other movie. He yeah. he was like, I, I mean, and also I forget like you guys were saying how that 50 minute gap that he's just not in, yeah. not
1: in the movie. He's lit- the plot is the plot is about his daughter. He did the crime. Nowhere to be seen for a full 50 minutes of this movie.
2: It's as if this film went through a couple of stages of like edit, like editing and like, like, cause even Sandra Bullock's character, I mean, I've never really read the book. I remember listening to the audio, but it's hard to remember stuff mm. on long rides, but um, yeah, it's, it feels like things, superfluous things and stuff were added and augmented and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even hearing the research about who was in line to play, two things the people who were in line to play jake and then the real jake from the book because that sound like a woody harrelson sounds like would be a harder jake berganes than like and i mean harder like more uh, maybe more abrasive he's not not a pretty boy yeah you know he's like a real like they're woody and matthew are both so southern but woody harrelson is like a different kind of southern boy like you know um and then kevin costner even more so but uh, it's interesting that his that the wife was like pick matthew mm-hmm. who was more of like the, a deer like a doe southern boy yeah <laughs> you know then than woody who was probably like i would buy the scene with woody and sandra in the diner him being like yeah like i'm still from here and i don't Give a f about <laughs> Negroes, really? You know, than I did with Matthew because yeah. he, you know, yeah. whatever. Well,
0: and then they both went on to be a true detective together. So, you know, all right? <laughs> um, Matthew and, in heaven. And and briefly before we get too far away from this, I I do just want to speak to the resume of one uh <laughs> Akiva Goldsman because of all the people, <laughs> he's got the wildest. Please, resonated. later on. Right. I so, don't even know. Let's so, go. First movie he wrote, The Client, right? You know, which is mm. the Tron novel novel. Uh, and then he does another movie that same year, Silent Fall. But then 1995, he does Batman Forever. 1996, he That's does That's his a time second to kill. credit? That's his third credit? Yeah, Batman Forever. 1996, A Time to Kill. 1997, Batman and Robin. Then, in 2001, he writes A Beautiful Mind. Right, which got the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Jesus. Then he does I Robot, Cinderella Man, Whoa. The Da Vinci Code, Whoa. I Am Legend. But then we take a okay. we take a turn back down. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah, because I
1: remember seeing his name recently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then he does the Da Vinci Code sequel, uh, <laughs> Angels yeah. and Demons, which is not <laughs> yeah. great. Then he does mm-hmm. the Loser. Got hooked on that bad cocaine. Uh, <laughs> That's that bad. Cocaine. <laughs> then he does. Uh, later in 2017 he does the rings sequel oh my Uh, god
1: they did make a they did make like the one that was called rings it's just called rings
0: he does transformers the last night hell yeah this is an oscar winning screenwriter let's go he does the dark tower (laughs) no one saw that let's go (laughs) <laughs> and then he's got some some crazy producer credits. So he produced the Starskin Hutch movie from two thousand four. He it, produced the Constantine movie. He produced Mister and Mrs. Smith. He produced Hancock. Constantine is actually pretty good. I'm not
1: going. I'm not going shit on Constantine.
0: He produced Hancock. He produced Jonah Hex. He oh produced God. King Arthur not Legend Jonah of the Hex. Sword.
2: Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Wait. Time out. Time out. Did you say? Hancock and Jonah Hex, like they're how how close in years? Are That's insane. Uh, they're Hancock only like is 2008, two
0: thousand eight. Jonah Hex. This man either
2: had this man uh. either like had a bunch of kids and had to just start doing work, or he had a serious drug coke problem, <laughs> or, both. Uh, or
0: both. He also executive produced Paranormal Activity two, three, and four, but not the then, first one. And then Doctor Sleep. Which was the uh, yo the shining sequel? No, shout out Doctor Sleep. Doc. I kind of like no. Doctor Sleep. Yeah, no, yeah. don't you dare. I'm going to. Do <laughs> <it. you> <laughs> I'm I'm
1: black. People are not a monolith. We <laughs> we can like different things. Doctor Sleep is actually like kind of good. What the
2: fuck? No, not Homegirl with the hat. Yeah, Miss, miss <laughs> Top Hat, <laughs> bro,
1: bro. Yo, bro. he he directed That's... the hell out of that movie. It's it's no that it, joint.
2: You know the Joe Bud meme where he's like, hear me and hear me good, dick. I'm here to double down, that's a two-pack of ass. That's right. <laughs> Doctor Sleep is one of the worst. There's No, a, no. Wait, isn't The Dark Tower also Stephen King?
0: Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: There's a whole section of because I love Stephen King, me too. but there's a whole section of that man's catalog mm. that's just pure poppycock
1: are you like not with any revisiting of the shining you're like yo the shining is it and that's done we're done wow wow
0: Stephen king didn't even like the shining so
1: he didn't like that movie version of it he said he liked the tv version that came out like because
2: sometimes because sometimes no because like his because his books are not as succinct succinct as the films and he's got so much like horse shit sometimes in yeah. <laughs> his books yeah. and he wants to see like bruh until you have sat down and watched all five parts of the Langoliers <laughs> you can't talk to me about this garbage right. I it's devoted right. over nine hours of my life <laughs> That's a watching one. Bronson Pinchot on a USA with commercials oh, yeah. of the Langoliers. Yep. Okay. The
1: Langoliers is the one about the plane that flies yeah. in
2: time and, the, and the goes the monsters in the out of time. That eat the Pac-Man yeah. Yeah. The, the, the monsters. Oh, yeah, no. So this man, Akiva Goldsmith, fell into a dark, dark like, pit. <laughs> a dark <of> tower. Just-
0: <laughs> yeah. <Kind> of,
2: uh- <laughs> these films, I mean, you're talking about Jonah Hex. Yeah, Jonah Hex is... <laughs> the- Talking about paranormal, yo, he only did the (laughs) sequel,
1: fam. He was like, Nah, I don't want nothing to do with the original.
2: People give M. Night Shyamalan a hard time for ghost writing. She's she's got a all what's the one he did? Uh, what's the he goes he ghost writ, uh, he goes wrote, um, Can't hardly Wait or something like that. What people give him a hard time for that stuff, but I'm like, Yo, when you hear things like this, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's
1: go I will say you. this. Oh, I did not ahead. know that about M. Night, though. This is the
2: last thing I'm gonna say about that. I am a Batman Forever and Val Kilmer apologist, and I do think that they did a good job with that. It's definitely not, not like Batman, Batman and Robin. And Robin.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a whole different cat oh, of
1: worms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman and Robin is like actual
0: trash. But
1: Batman Forever, yo,
0: hmm. there's stuff going on there. So if we go to um the Accolades for this movie, the awards of this movie, was either nominated for or won. Golden Globes, Best Supporting Actor, Samuel L. Jackson was nominated. For your boy. NAACP Image Award, even though they definitely trashed the NAACP in this movie. I'm not quite sure why it was yes! nominated for yes! yeah! <laughs> the NAACP. But it, it won Outstanding Motion Picture at the NAACP what? Image Awards. And Who's? I mean,
1: Samuel Aquafina nominated is nominated. For best
2: supported.
0: <laughs>
1: Aquafina is nominated wait. for an Image Award this year. Like, it does, what, Fina, does it wait, matter. Wait,
2: NAACP nominated Aquafina? That happened yep.
1: last year. That's a thing. I think Danny DeVito has one. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, um, doesn't
2: matter it. it doesn't
1: matter, Fun. It doesn't matter. I'm going to make a movie and just, like, take a dump on, like, the steps of the NAACP and they're going to give me Best Film. Like, it doesn't matter. I, it doesn't I matter. Actually,
2: I actually think that like young and upcoming black filmmakers should stop focusing on Sundance stop focusing on you know all those things and just just focus on the NAACP awards cuz you might just actually luck out and win that. I'm a, I'm going to
1: tell you this about the NAACP award for outstanding <laughs> motion picture real quick. <laughs> the five nominees for outstanding motion picture last year were The Five Bloods Jingle Jangle which is better than you? Which also like, which also you, like Roman J is real is better than you think. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, and Bad Boys for Life,
2: which I didn't get to see. I, I wish I got to see it. Yeah. What
1: movie did you think wins? Bad Boys for Life. Come on, you got damn right.
2: No, no Jingle Jangle won.
1: Bad Boys for Life beat the Five <laughs> Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, <laughs> yeah, and One Night in Miami for outstanding motion picture. So it doesn't fucking matters it's
0: for life
2: dog. right <laughs> the five the five bloods got slept on i think oh no
1: I, so we could that's a whole other podcast <laughs> yeah totally have it. we could do a five-hour podcast i will talk about it
2: well, uh, one thing i was i wanted to say about this film it's this is I, I feel like this is a sister film to a time to kill in a sense uh this is uh, a rosewood, rosewood. <laughs> of course john singleton's classic rosewood <laughs> on vhs nice. uh, it's a popcorn classic it is a popcorn uh, this classic this this was uh, released in 1997. As you see, Rosewood.
1: Hell, <laughs> hell yeah.
2: Uh, what I like about this film is that <laughs> there may be a subtle white savior with John Voight. Like, it's very adjacent. But the black... The, 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 the niggas in this film take up <laughs> so much space. <laughs> Esther Roll and Vig Rabes literally take up so much screen space in yeah. the aspect ratio that there's oh. no space. For a white savior, so I think this is uh, really, uh, you know, we should study both of these films on what yeah. to do and what not to do. That, here's what you do. I think I see on the back that's
0: the that's the Roger Ebert quote on the back. Niggas take up so much space. <laughs> 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 <What>?
2: <laughs> he says, and I quote, "A great film that's also rip roaring entertainment, and also <laughs> these niggas take us." <laughs> I mean, literally, that's how Don Cheadle saves himself. He gets in the casket with Esther Rolle. Right. Takes... <laughs> Yo. big anyway.
1: uh, Bing Rains fucking like hoists himself up out of a noose by his own neck, bro. Yeah. Death, I famous. have a time
2: to kill it somewhere here, but I can't. I he is
1: um. What's a uh, from the Boondocks? He's Catcher Freeman. That's who he is in mm. Rosewood. Mm. <laughs> that's who he plays. Yeah. He plays yeah. Catcher Freeman.
2: Yeah. Literally. Oh my oh, god.
0: Well, last thing on the awards tip is this this movie did get a Razzie Award for worst written film grossing over a hundred million dollars. God uh, damn it was it was nominated for that. Debatable.
1: Debatable. I like that they have that category.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um if we're talking about reviews, Roger Ebert gave the four the film three stars out of four saying that I was absorbed by Time to Kill and found the performances strong and convincing and that yeah. this is the best of the film versions of Christian's movies I think and it has been directed with skill by Joel Schumacher.
2: <laughs> but he held back that fourth star because his black wife was yeah. like, I don't know about all of it. Chagy. And he's like, You right.
1: Chaz was Not like all. Chaz was like, chill. Hmm, chill.
2: On that fourth
1: star. <laughs> chill. He was about
2: uh, to scribble
0: it in and she put her hand down on the pencil's like, that's enough. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Gene Siskel enough. remarked that it was an overwrought contrived courtroom thriller, it was cornball, and concluded that this story has been recycled Ooh. out of countless and better movies. Ooh.
1: Your boy, True. Your boy Cisco, they paid Cisco to be out of be a villain, but
0: yeah, he, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah,
1: no
2: lie, no cap. Uh,
0: if we go over <laughs> to France, two two very interesting. Oh, the because,
2: France, the France yeah. reviews um, from. I think I remember seeing that one I of the cultural magazines.
0: <laughs> one of the cultural magazines describes the movie as nauseating, stinking, almost fascist, with an ultra populist script that makes one want to vomit. And uh, one of their daily newspapers described uh, the script calling it extremely dirty. And the movie uh, said the newspaper militates in favor of the black cause only to legitimize after many plot buckles, resurrection of the Ku Klux Klan, deceits of the court, threats of many kinds, the mentally ill gesture of the avenging father. Wow. They also said that it, it justifies the indefensible with a dripping sentimentalism.
1: That's crazy. So they couldn't even like call him insane in the film, yet the French were like, that's an insane plea for him to like get Mm. revenge for his daughter.
2: Yeah. They were like, we hate the, we hate that trope, but that's why I don't like going to Paris because (laughs) French people can be like, just, they have no concept of like race and racism and can be so racist. So I, I was shocked to read how in depth that French, like, like it's almost like they probably banned it. Or something or didn't Mm. even show it i Mm. i would imagine
0: well let's let's go around to our favorite game which is guessing what these this particular movie got on all the different review sites whether it's imdb amazon rotten tomatoes etc so let's start Mm. with imdb this is out of 10 there's a point system but brendan what do you think that a time to kill has on imdb
2: like what it's holding currently Yeah. yeah oh jesus On IMDb. It's got a 7.6.
0: Okay, Cameron.
1: Oh, that sounds pretty accurate, actually. I'm going to go with 7 even. 7.5. Wow. Yeah, see? I was like... Because IMDb is like what the critics think. or, Or like what the general populace thinks. Yeah. But when we get to... Rotten Tomatoes and the actual critics, things get a little different.
0: Yeah, that's seven point five out of one hundred fifty-two thousand reviews. Jesus. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. People people love a time to kill. Uh, if we go over to Rotten Tomatoes, this is the critics. Uh, this is out of a hundred percent. So, what do you think it has on here?
2: Sixty-seven percent.
0: Mm. Cameron,
1: I mean Brendan, you're pretty good at this. I'm gonna go sixty-five. <laughs>
2: you really Six- prices writing me right now <laughs> yeah,
0: I am. 68
1: when? i'm a bad oh, man yeah, yeah
0: I'm okay a, i'm a bad man all right you won the toaster uh yeah i mean critics generally enjoyed the movie obviously it's got a 68 percent some people you know not just they don't like grisham's novels and his films <laughs> so that kind of spills over into it but a lot of people loved matthew mcconaughey's performance also were really into samuel jackson's performance and i think a lot of that carried the movie for a lot of people yeah. but obviously we have to get to our absolute favorite which is amazon.com tell oh, let's me go, let's go. <laughs> Brendan, what you think a time to kill has on amazon it's out of five stars
2: oh it's out of five and it's like the composite average of god knows how many yeah And Amazon, are you dealing with the reviews of like people who buy the DVD? Maybe by I'm going to assume these
1: are all people who are just like renting it regularly. Oh Jesus Christ!
2: Yeah, out of five stars. Yeah, yeah. Like I would want it to be four, but I'm pretty sure it's three. I'm going five.
0: Five stars, baby!
2: Yeah,
1: five stars, baby!
0: Five all the way out of nine thousand. I I won the toaster this time. Nine thousand five hundred forty three yeah. reviews. This it's got this
1: how many? How many? Nine thousand five
0: hundred
1: and forty-three. Oh. Okay. This feels like an Amazon five star movie. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I have no point of reference for that. Well, this. the thing about oh. Amazon is
1: like it's just like regular niggas. <laughs> Very yeah. regular niggas who are like not the IMDB film nerds, not people who are sure. like, oh yeah, you know the cinematography was good. No, it was a couple good performances. No, these are like niggas <laughs> who got well, a free friday night they like yo i got three dollars what movie are we watching and like was it good or was it bad was it good well made was it badly made five yeah. stars or one stars there's sometimes it's no, literally
0: did i receive the package and was it in good condition five and i mean just so you know the kind of people we're dealing with prepare yourself i'm going to share my screen uh so you can see this image um which was left? Oh a
2: my lot. god! What
0: they, they made well, it was so, was good. Image. so good? So good. So s o g e w d. So good. Five stars.
2: Ten days before Juneteenth. Yeah. <laughs> ten days. <laughs> yep. No. Jesus Christ! So, <laughs> and
0: you
2: know. she like, posted that. Wait, she posted that almost like twenty years after the. That was maybe twenty year anniversary of the film. Is that <laughs> yeah. my math wrong?
0: <laughs> um somebody wow. one of the reviews describes this movie as classic of black versus white so yeah what
2: whoa they missed they the got point. jokes that's funny yeah, it's like... yeah. Mm.
0: so yeah let's let's shift over to trying to, to think about how to remake this movie or reimagine this movie I can't reimagine any movie in which a 10 year old black girl gets raped i feel like that's a movie that just doesn't need to be made yeah but yeah <laughs> i will say if there are tweaks to be made what i would probably advocate for most is take sandra bullock completely out boom boom replace her with uh Halle berry as a uh, local local activist in the town, okay. uh, who she's is the head like, of the real
1: NAACP. Wow, she's
0: she's advocating for the people in the community because I think that's one of the big things that's missing from this movie is that we never really hear from anybody us. <laughs> <else>. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, not even that black people have opinion, but Good you point. think about these things all the time. I mean, like we were referring to before, right? Just the general idea of vigilantism. People get up in arms when Black people smash windows at a Macy's or, you know, like, get upset because a police officer was acquitted on some bullshit. But, like Toni Morrison said, surprised it took them that long, right? Like, surprised right. that they had the patience to wait until the verdict was read before they they, they busted up that target. And I think there's, <laughs> there's something there to have... If we're gonna if we're gonna go in and we're gonna really exploit this black pain and trauma, then let's hear from black people and let's have somebody there to really question and challenge why Jake is doing this, why he wants to do this, what his role right. is in this. Because I think, you know, the NAACP guy who called him a cracker had a point <laughs> in the sense that there is something. It's not that Jake can't try the case. But it's like, but this does mean a lot to the black community, right? Like, this isn't just another trial that win or lose, you know, we're going to all move on tomorrow. Like, this means a whole lot to the people who live here and could really change things in a radical way, right? So, obviously, no. Carly Haley getting off for killing these people isn't going to make murder legal. Like, it's going to mean that you could just kill people without consequence. But I think the quiet part that they don't say is that white people do get to do that all the time and there's no consequence. So it's kind of similar to the OJ situation where whether or not black people thought he did it, it was more just like, but y'all get away with it all the time. Right. You know, so it wasn't even like justifying the crime, but it was more so. It doesn't even
2: actually make sense. Like it actually doesn't even really make sense in the end because it's like the boy runs out. He's like, he's innocent. He's innocent. And it dawned on me this time because I was like, wait i don't even know if this is like a kangaroo court because yeah <laughs> i don't know if we could, he he's he killed two men so it would technically be have to be two, two different trials, trials. Yeah. and then th- also there would also probably need to be like a posthumous case about the rape about and the assault of rape. the child Like it it was this weird. I was like, "Wait, this doesn't even really exist." Movie with a capital M. People,
0: people have gone in endlessly about the just total fallacy of every legal part (laughs) of this movie. I mean, even, (laughs) even the idea like, if Sandra Bullock approached Matthew McConaughey like in a court like that, she
2: would Would throw out the.
0: Yeah, she wouldn't even gotten that close because the bailiff would have said, "Where are you going?" But what is that happening back there? (laughs) you know secondly the judge wouldn't just let you receive a paper from a random person and then read it and then like apply that to the case you know what i mean so like
1: as many things as he threw out as many things as he threw out of like uh examination he was just like disregard that disregard that too you know what his name isn't even carl disregard that (laughs) fam he he let her like cross the bench twice and was like yeah let me like slip
2: you this little piece of paper with some um, info on it
0: yeah critical info to the case (laughs)
2: What, what did he say he he was she 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 highlighted stuff and then he said uh, it, uh um if you if you if you deny a movement to change location then uh it's the supreme court it opens up the possibility of a retrial oh, and he goes like yeah. and then at appeal he goes he goes he goes no no well no judge wants their case overturned <laughs> <laughs> well that would be a thorn in my side
0: Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Um, but did Stupid. you guys have any any ideas about how to remake this movie or reimagine this movie?
2: Cameron, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> Show that a look. Huh? Yeah,
0: man. I uh,
2: yeah.
1: Don't remake it or like just mm-hmm. Don't remake it. Don't remake <laughs> it. Honestly, because like black people know like if we're watching this from our point of view, we already know like, all right, he's justified, right? He shot two Jerk Klansman, right? For murdering, for near murdering his daughter, yeah. And he, not even think about it. If you're white, think about it. If you're a human, right? Why, why do we have to have two and a half hours of a movie in order to explain to you humanity, simple humanity? That's I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. Black people look at that movie and they're
2: like, "Yup, he did what he's supposed to do." Movie over thirty minutes, that was pretty good. You want to go get a beer? Like. Yeah. That's. I think that's that's that would be my thing because one thing I have noticed in the many years since nineteen ninety six, and like I was saying, like this film and this book has been a part of my life like a long, long time, and my family. But um, I think there's been weird attempts to kind of remake it, like, and a lot of the remakes. There's like Michael B. Jordan is in it, or Andre Holland is in it. Like, there's that True Mercy hmm. movie with Jamie Fox, yeah. like they oh, yeah, do Jeff they, Mercy, they yeah. do all the like the the re shifts like they make the lawyer black like you're right they make the Sandra Bullock character black woman or they do the like the timely adjustments but I think right. like I've been kind of realizing about just kind of how nonsensical this film is I think if I had a, a, a shot at it my approach would be the Orson Wells like like edit uh cutting room floor vibe like really like the other side of the wind type editing where i would take the film and i would that 50 minutes without sam would shit would be cut there'd be more sam there would be just like hack and slash them up and it'd be really tight (laughs) and it would just be about like this man who who it's because the thing is, like, I guess you're right, like their whole defense is that he had this flash of insanity, but the cut my cut would be like. That that insanity is the was actually the closest to reality that anyone in this town has ever felt. And, mm. and, and mm. everyone has to feel that right now, and yeah. that would be the film, but all this Jake Brigance, his Karen wife his white daughter, who I don't give really care about. Because even when the first clan snitch calls and he's like, get your daughter out the house, really, get your there is no house, threat. Yeah. Actually, the th- they just left the cross burning. There's no one who had infiltrated the house. So it's like, I don't care yeah. about any of that ish. It would all be gone. It would just solely be about Blacktown.
1: And maybe, maybe definitely keep in that black lady who like socked that guy at the protest. Yeah, keep yeah. her in there. Yeah, make make it all about her from her perspective. Shit, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet. Like in my cut of that movie, she she's watching this on new on the news. She's like, "I wish a motherfucker would," and then she just ends mm-hmm. up there in the next mm-hmm. scene. She's like, "Did what I had to
0: do." Well, it's t- it's come time to put this movie on our Caucasianity ranking system. <laughs> We've got three levels of Caucasianity, Brendan. Our first level of Caucasianity is shorts in the winter, and that's basically. You're living in New York. You know what it is. People are in the street walking around like, man, what a great, beautiful day. And yet it's 20 degrees. Right. Why do you have shorts on? This doesn't make (laughs) sense. And that's basically like, okay, interesting choice. Right. Like not harming me. Right. You know, like no, no harm is coming to me. But I have questions about what's happening. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with what's going on, but like, you know, I'm not tempted to kind of jump into the situation. You know what I mean? Right. Cameron, what's the second level?
1: Uh, Our second level of caucasity is um, this movie's touching my hair. Interesting. So this movie has now made a leap of not faith, just sheer arrogance, just jumping into your hair and touching it, probably asking you how to coil, stay less coiled, how how to stay so moisturized. And and this is an act of violence at this point. (laughs) But it's not like, you know, they haven't they haven't come from my family. They didn't call the house and tell everybody to get out. They they did though, they did come in my house mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Unwarranted. So that's 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 uh the movie's touching my hair. That's the second. Okay. Level. And third uh, level this week.
0: <laughs> we've got we've got two vying for the top level here because uh two things have happened very recently very recently we we gotta we gotta just say man white people are you know it it wasn't enough for them to be riding through all black history month but like they've they've carried their energy into march carried it carried it on through (laughs) so first we have a i guess it's not even proposed it's it's happening it's for sure happening the emmett till opera which is written by a white woman and centers on a fictional white woman uh that didn't exist and it's from her point of view as she struggles with uh the crime that happens to Emmett Till and basically you know like the ambivalence of whiteness right like you know the idea that you know a, a, a good person who does nothing is still a bad person okay. and,
2: you know and the, the... I'm, I'm sorry is that a is that the third caucasity this level? This is Caucasian. This is, that peak something that, or is that something that's happening in real life? This is happening also in happening real in real life. Real
1: life. Uh, this that's is, a real thing. Actually, yeah. I just got the I got the. Uh, it, it wasn't just you who sent me that today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sent me the Emmett Till opera.
0: This is being written by Claire Koss, who also wrote another Emmett Till play, uh, 2013's play Emmett Down in My Heart. Uh, which no. uh, won a couple of awards. This is a this is an opera that's going to premiere March 23rd uh, with an encore performance March 24th at the no. Gerald W. Lynch Theater at John Jay College in New York City.
2: The Lynch Theater, of course, you know. Yeah. Oh
0: no! <laughs> they
2: made sure to get all areas of it. You're saying this isn't like an SNL skit. No. This isn't a, time- a, a film life. for times real uh, life be wilder than I <laughs> fiction i'm so shook right now so they're um,
0: that they're over there doing that then meanwhile in atlanta
1: <laughs> meanwhile in atlanta
0: black panther director ryan coogler was mistaken for a bank robber and was briefly arrested uh as he tried to catch a check we're finding out about this now this happened back in january he went into a bank obviously you know how everything is now you have your mask on and all that stuff ryan coogler fairly famous man probably not trying to get recognized so also had you know sunglasses hat etc He writes a note he like writes a check right but then also writes a note uh, to the bank teller basically saying you know he's here to withdraw like you know twelve thousand dollars and you know all that stuff but he wants to do it in a discreet way like he's not trying to tell his business out there for everybody the bank <laughs> the person at the bank interprets this as a robbery attempt uh it comes out that this is a, a, a black woman who uh
2: no tells
0: her boss that you know she thinks there's no. somebody trying to rob the bank. her boss then Stop. calls the police the police come they arrest Ryan Coogler they also arrest his two friends who are outside waiting for him. And then it obviously comes out that he's just trying to cash a check and then because the police... he's
1: a Marvel movie director and he gets paid like that.
0: Yeah, police let him go, you know, apologies were made. Ryan Kluger apparently has accepted Bank of America's apology, but... Whack-ass apology! You know, I mean, over here... They better
2: clear his credit card debt forever. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, here we... We will
2: not have it.
1: I said we will not have it, though.
0: So... <laughs> But that's the third level of caucasity Obviously, you can infer at this point that this is just, y'all know what's going on. You're doing this on purpose. This isn't any kind of mistake or any kind yeah. of like, you know, you're definitely not an accidental racist, right? Shout out to, to LL. Um, so <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> so you know, this was done with intention, intent to harm, uh, and without any care for you know anybody else but but yourself so where do you think Pete that caucasity peak caucasity where do you feel that a time to kill lands on that on that scale
2: for me it's, it's somewhere like in between two and three it's like a platform two and three quarters yeah where <laughs> it it goes it goes past physical harm because it's one it's so long uh the things that like the opening is so gruesome mm-hmm. every time i've watched this film that opening i mean it, it i mean as a device of course it like m- you will always root for sam jackson because that is just one of the most painfully cinematogged things i can ever like you know i i can make a list but it's almost kind of like if there's a two and three quarters which is like rachel dolezal like like yeah. realm because the film is steeped in this like you know white here, I'd like yeah. I'm trying my best to the point where it is causing me physical pain and like <laughs> psychological trauma to have to hold that space for you. Um, and to do that, to have to endure all that takes an extreme amount of effort and an amazing performance on this on the shoulders of black people. And that's Sam Jackson, and that's Tanya, who's 10 her performance that's that's you know that's charles s Dutton. that's Mm -hmm. all the people Mm -hmm. who hold this thing together Mm -hmm. so it's at the expense of them you know who still maintain in the face of some of the most willfully ignorant delusional whiteness a, a, a la rachel dolezal so that's what i would give it the two and three quarter rachel dolezal mm. who was also the head of her spokane into so yeah. it's very yeah. apropos yeah it's the donald
0: sutherland of spokane <laughs> literally um, oh man cameron what about you yeah
1: i i yeah, this movie is arresting Ryan Coogler trying to cash his <laughs> check. Like it, it's, it, cause, and I'm the first one on this podcast to be like, "All right, this movie ain't so bad," and especially a movie like this that's like very well made. You know, like, right, right, right. There's intention behind it. <laughs> it, it cast it, is crazy. Cast is crazy. It, like on its face, it looks like oh, it's going to do the work, right. or at least like attempt to do the work. Right. And then you see it, <laughs> hmm. you see it, and it's just like this wild, like fantasy.
2: It's yep. so wild.
1: It's like it's it, it's because it, the point of it is that it's supposed to like reflect reality, right. but no one can like when you watch it, you really can't discern reality from right. it. Uh, one of the like I looked at uh, Google literally just to type it in to uh, get the IMDb page and whatnot. When you go to Google, Mm -hmm. one of the first questions about A Time to Kill is, what time period does A Time to Kill take place in? Because I know it knows, right? The movie does know. But you can't (laughs) tell. No. Damn near the whole time. And on top of it, if you can't be serious about, like, or specific enough to tell me, like, when and how this takes place then you don't care about like the specificity of blackness. You don't care about Mm -hmm. the specificity of the black experience in the South. Right. Right. Because different times called for different things. Different things happened in different times. You know, Jim Crow was a completely different experience than like, you know, straight up reconstruction or straight up like present times, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and also just, Sure, you got your boy Sam Jack in there. You got your boy Charles Dutton in there. Really, like, all these people are going for it, right? They're really going for it the whole time. But the white actors in it feel so complacent with the situation. Like, they're just like... Like, if you're really doing the work, and if you're really trying to, like, be down for the cause, your performance is going to make you sweat,
2: you know? Or it's going to... That shit is going to be hard. Or it's going to make... Like if they cast like, for instance, like Francis McDormand in Ashley Judd's role, like like yeah, actors yeah. like that, and I noticed that too. Which is saying this time the dichotomy between the caliber of actors that they casted in these mm-hmm. positions, but someone like Francis would like be trying to reckon with that. She would character. be personally
1: like not just yeah, not just trying to say the words, but like reckon with the real consequences of like what is happening to these people versus like oh i have to be sad now because my house is like there's a burning cross so duh i'm sad but like why is there a burning cross on your like lawn you know you have to ask yourself to as the actor you have to ask yourself the questions in order to get the realest performance you have to keep going and keep going and keep digging and keep asking and that's what samuel jackson is doing because he's literally in a cell he has literally nothing else to do but ask himself why Mm -hmm. he's in those situations and His initial reaction to murder those people, to kill those people, is based right. on passion. It's based yep. on passion for his family, right? There's no, there's no qualms about it, right? And there's no qualms. And he literally carries the rest of the performance knowing that there's no qualms about what he did. You know, Whether or not he's going to get out of jail, that's confusing. <laughs> but about what he did, about the act that he did, he ain't worried about it. And as yeah. the actor, he's not worried about it. And you can tell. So when he does get off, there is a little bit of confusion, but relief. But also for the other characters, it's like, oh, didn't we do it? Didn't right. we do it? Didn't we do it? And it's like, no, no, nope. not really. And I think if you were really like questioning and really like you said reckoning yeah. with it, if you were really like asking yourself as the actor, and not even what the director wants, because like if you're giving the performance, you're thinking about what you have to do. I,
2: I even love i kind of said it before but i love what about i love about sam's performance that he gives the white people he's surrounded by he never gives them any quarter of of that even at the very end i'm reminded after matthew's speech sam he comes up to to charles (laughs) and he, he says he goes he goes jake that was that was he never finishes the sentence. He never goes he like never that was the it. greatest ne- speech I've ever heard. He never goes like that was that saved my life. He just he just has this very kind of neutral awe because he's just like they just set me free. It's
1: that's why I said like confusion and relief because he's like mm-hmm. obviously relieved that he's not going to fry, but he's like confused because like that yeah, he's kinda like, I, like he yeah.
2: had absolved he made peace with if he died or not. he he because he because he he, he he avenged you know and everybody knew. You know, so but I love that he didn't like, you know, go, he, didn't give, he was he just didn't like give, that, he didn't, you know, that he didn't, was because that's what
1: honestly, that's what white people are mm-hmm. probably looking for. And at that was something season, else. He's something. like, like that was something else. Like <laughs> he, He's like, didn't I do it? Didn't I? Didn't I win for you? And he's like, I mean, that was you did what like, you were
2: supposed to do. Something. Yeah, yeah man. He kicked you that ass. Job, man. I'm so glad they had Sam in this. Anybody else? I don't know. I know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe yeah, Denzel in that time, time, Denzel in that time, I think would would navigate this in an interesting way too. But Sam, oh yeah, Sam was perfect. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I
1: don't think there's enough meat on the bone. I mean, not to say that there's not enough meat on the bone for Sam, but like. I feel like when there's Denzel, when there's Denzel, you can't have fifty minutes of a movie without Denzel on screen. That would make that would be well. Confusing. That's yeah, that's true. Because yeah. he
2: he he was they they were they were different. They're different type casts at that time. Denzel was full at that on. time at that time. Because yeah. I'm
1: not saying nothing about Samuel's career. Because like I, the boy the boy's been in like a hundred and fifty movies. That's real talk. That's real but shit. This- but Denzel was already like he was already glory at that point. Right, he was already right. Malcolm X at that point. He was
2: already exactly. Philadelphia at
1: that point. You know.
2: Um, and this, this you make a good point about the meat of the bones. I think what Sam succeeds in, and why he makes the film even deeper, is because no, not enough meat. He cracked the bone and got the marrow. And nobody else in the movie yep. did like cared to do that. Apparently. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: this movie would have been much weaker with unwatchable,
2: perhaps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um Yeah, I would say I gotta give it I gotta give it Emmettel play. Whoop. I mean, one, I mean we're we're doing we're doing something here where any movie Emmettel opera. Yeah, Emmettel opera. Any movie that starts off with uh any kind of just uh rape of a black ten year old
1: Yeah I gotta mm, give that a right.
0: gotta give that the highest level of caucasity. And the fact that you you started off with that, you then switch to the POV of a white person, and then like carry that through for the whole movie. When clearly the story and the more interesting part is what's going on with Samuel Jackson. So, right. I think that that you know this movie is confusing in the sense of like, I I think if you had very different people involved, you know there is nuance to be held here and there are things that you could discuss and like move around here. Like, I don't know if I'd want to watch it, you know, in the sense mm. that it looks like it would be a very trying, difficult movie and story, but like, you know, the right people could tell it. Joel Schumacher, Jonathan Grisham, uh, <laughs> Akiva Goldsman. Akiva Goldsman. one that, that necessarily those people to, to really carry that. <laughs> I thing. love that you all have exposed
2: um, this like Illuminati ring that put this 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 mm. cacophony together because I'm like, Jesus.
0: Yeah. it's you
2: Well, know, they stuck together
1: for so many they, mo- they, what, five do, movies. Five yeah. movies together in
0: a row? Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, talking about movies to watch. Let's recommend some movies for people to watch instead. I would say, yeah, if you're looking for, for a Jonathan Grisham type thriller with black people in it, I would say watch Pelican Brief with Denzel and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Lit. Is it a good movie?
2: It's a
1: good movie.
0: That's a Uh, a good movie. Or it's, like, entertaining. Right. Yeah. No, it's not, like, cinema. But it's, like, (laughs) if you're looking for this... You know what I mean? If if you're in the mood for this kind of, like, you know, thriller-esque, you know, situation, like, it's a good movie. Denzel, always, you know, reliable, delivers a good performance. Him and Julia Roberts, good together. Mm. Uh, Because what's the other one with Denzel and... It's oh, like he's, he's, um, Bone
2: Collector.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bone Collector. That's what you're thinking of. Bone Collector is also a good one. That's a lot uh, That's wild one. John Grisham. So watch. Yeah, that's not John Grisham. That's that's something completely no. different. Although I think that is a character. That's yeah. Like, like, it's because it's based on a book and it is like a series. Uh, but watch watch Denzel in those because those are two '90s thrillers that kind of give you the same energy without the black drop. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Denzel, Denzel does Denzel things, you know, so it's it's always a good time. And what's the other one that he's in? Is it Fallen? What's the one with him and Fallen? Tom that's Gunman? the one I was
1: confused with.
0: Okay. Fallen's
1: the one where he's like, he's paralyzed, but he's solving the crime telepathically. Oh, God.
2: Is oh, yeah. Wild. yeah. Uh,
1: it was one of the first like, uh, Raider R movies. Oh, that my I'm God. Seeing. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was just like, it's all over the place. It's yeah. unnecessary parts all over the place, but it's an interesting I'd, topic. I'd say a, sure le- a
2: good legal movie to watch that's not Grisham, that it does not have the black trauma in it. That is, I like Primal Fear.
0: Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen yet. That's that one a one, good
2: yeah. one. Richard Gere and Ed Norton, young Ed Norton. Um, I think, honestly, Rosewood is the, <laughs> once again, the superior. <laughs> I was going
0: gonna... to... <laughs> Karen, did you have a...
1: Um, I was going to suggest Rosewood, honestly. Because <laughs> it's... Okay. I I mean, Rosewood is like... It's funny because this movie is trying to be like wild. Right? A Time to Kill is trying to be wild. But Rosewood is actually wild. <laughs> Rosewood is actually like... John Singleton was like, all right, so what? It's like... not It's not Jim Crow, right? It's like... Right after slavery, but they're still slaves, I guess. I don't know. But basically, Ving Rhames is like a, a fucking superhero. <laughs> yeah. he, he he got like trapezius muscles in his neck, able to free himself, calls his horse with a whistle. It's like that kind of shit. It's fucking nuts. But it is entertaining. And it is about what it is about, like an Emmett Till-esque crime so I mean if you're looking if you're looking for that whole thing, like, you know, retribution, <laughs> vengeance. It gives you I am vengeance. Gives you I at? am the knight. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I am the, on the topic. I, of, I am that nigga. On the topic of
2: black superheroes. <laughs> I also would suggest blank man. Uh blank man is a phenomenal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that
1: you got these VHS problem, like one deck.
0: Um, well, on that note, I guess we have we have discussed a time to kill in thorough fashion.
2: Uh... It's just crazy that these are the films like this came out a year before Time to Kill. This was like this is the world we were in. That's so true with that shit. It's just this country. Oh yeah. yeah. Blank
1: man is I love Blank man. He made a serum that is bulletproof. He, you could dip your clothes in it and it's bulletproof. I'm like Yeah. Man, I say you watch, already...
0: watch them in uh <laughs> yes. that context. Watch Blank Man, A Time to Kill, That's and then Blanca, Rosewood. Like, a, and then Rosewood. Triple, triple feature.
1: Can <laughs> Brendan, we have to convince Metrograph to do a triple feature.
2: They should. Well, if they're gonna still be open, I don't know what life is like for them. I don't. We don't. We don't know what life is like.
1: It's looking mm-hmm. a little rough.
2: Mm-hmm. rough i around the edges.
1: I, just... I, I see it all. I've seen. I've seen the twitters, and I've seen the twitters talking about the twitters. Okay. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Godspeed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan, tell everybody what you got going on out here in the world. Uh, what people can look out for you in the future. Where they can find you on the internet
2: wow um i i yeah i'm uh, i'm out here i'm um djing <laughs> locally often um uh, more professionally i'm doing still doing some acting little little bits here and there i think i'm gonna pop up in gossip girl maybe coming up and hey, there's gonna be nice, this nice. um a movie called better nate than never on disney plus that i think's gonna come on april that i'm in for a bit Hey, um, hey. and then other than that i'm working on something that's kind of in coachella involved mm. and that's kind of my yeah that's kind of my like spring right now very cool very cool tell, yeah. tell them
1: what tell the people where they can see you now oh
2: sure um tell I them mean, where they can see you now i well, i guess what well, you mean like what my social media is and stuff
1: well, I'm saying <laughs> the movie that is presently playing oh and my God. nominated for an Oscar.
2: Yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, I'm in um, Tick, Tick, Boom is Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut. Very and cool. uh, I, I would say the coolest thing about that was getting to like watch Andrew Garfield work on mm. that performance mm. for like a year and mm. be in the space with him shooting the majority of the scenes that I think arced. Uh, yeah, his Larson performance and knowing and realizing in real time that it was an Oscar worthy going to be nominated and whispering that to people around. Like, I don't know if y'all know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. I don't like, know what that but, feels like. Well, yeah,
1: give us a, give a, it's a well, movie coming podcast. From, well,
2: totally coming from more. acting school and doing, you know, like 10,000 hours of scene work, you know what it's like to be in the room with someone who's what we call like changing the atoms in the room. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's like what yeah. sam jackson is doing in the movie and you just know when that's happening and it's kind mm. of insane and to see one of the masters of his generation doing it um this has been one of the thrills of my life so yeah for sure it's pretty
1: amazing i i, I um was familiar with tick tick in when i was in theater school mm. and um seeing it here is like it's wild
2: it's, it's so wild
1: it's wild because it's a it's a it's a monologue. It's it was presented originally as a monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, so three characters, that's it. And then you've got this fully fleshed out world, and it's a really well made movie for Lynn Manuel's first directorial film, big time. Um, and it's treated with care. It's yeah. uh, exciting at times. Mm-hmm. It's a theater nerd's wet dream. Honestly, I mean, dude plays. Uh, piano in the middle of the Delacorte
2: in a, on a winter's
1: <laughs> night. It's just like, oh. Uh,
2: uh, uh. It doesn't, it doesn't like it, it. I mean, like for musicals which have corniness baked into it, and, right. but this one didn't even like everything felt really deserved and earned. And yeah. Even like, the
1: corniest moments. Yeah. Felt deserved they and were earned.
2: They were fine to me. And uh, to your point, we spent, I think, even the shoot itself where we were at the New York theater workshop was the Mm. longest location we had. I could have never guessed that the cut was going to come out the way it did with the VHS stuff. Really? Oh my God. No, it was, uh, it blew my mind to see the final product. So yeah, it's still on Netflix and. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. Uh,
0: Cameron, what about you? Where people find you, what you've got coming out. What could people be on the lookout for? (laughs) I I'm not all over the streaming services uh quite yet, yet but
1: yeah um, yeah you know we got we got some commercials in the cooker there's a couple I can't sadly I can't talk about them but I got uh a couple coming out check your Instagrams check your TVs um yeah and I'm actually working on a screenplay of my own that's kind of a, a 90s thriller a throwback to the 90s thrillers yeah so that's that's what I'm working on really that's what I've been uh, spending large majority the last couple months doing but I'm very excited and I'm, I literally got to like the final act today so nice it's coming it's coming be very uh be on the lookout I'll say be on the lookout
2: can I read <laughs> I want to read for I want to read for it we're gonna have
1: some <laughs> readings Brennan so please keep your phone handy I, I, I don't know you're gonna blow up you gonna blow up too, too quick so no
2: someone actually a, a couple of people have been Saying to me, they, they they go like, "Oh, you you seem busy or whatever," and I've and I've been kind of reluctant to take that on because I just want more and more, I want you to want do it. More, to do more and more things. So I've kind of been like, "No, I'm 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 not busy. I I, I I'm still open to anything." Yeah, you you oh, you I, want the smoke?
1: I want it all. Yeah, <laughs> I That's want great. it all. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, be lo- be on the lookout for uh, Brendan as the lead in my new film. That's right. Yeah and uh other than that you can find me on twitter and instagram at the blipster 1138 oh tell um brendan tell everybody where you're at on uh instagram and ig and it's that. um mm-hmm.
2: this is this where? is this is Starchild on instagram and this is brendan on twitter oh very cool yeah
0: and i'm jordan clark you could find me on twitter and instagram at jrsosa18 jrsosa18 uh, as of like this recording, tomorrow they're gonna <laughs> announce it, so it's gonna be out. So I can talk about it, and I won't have to been edit at this out for weeks this now. I am part of the DC Comics Milestone Initiative, which is going to basically be like a fellowship program for uh, writers and artists of color for DC Comics. So we're gonna be able what? to come in and work on some of these milestone characters and have an opportunity to you know learn more about the business and all this other great wonderful stuff so uh that is me <laughs> very cool very cool and then i also have other comic stuff coming out that will be announced very shortly Ooh. um but yes if you want to get in touch about all that or be on the lookout for that again jr sosa 18 on twitter and instagram if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us at the show at white underscore pod um we are, we are looking to do a lot of lot of things out here, so hopefully we'll we, have some we're live getting it popping, We're going to get it popping. Yeah, hopefully we'll have- Omicron uh, going
1: to chill out, and, and <laughs> gonna sp- it's going to make space for us. It's going to make space for us.
2: I love yeah. that, because I'm a DC boy. I was born in DC, and I am right. a DC comic. I, that's, I prefer it. Ooh.
0: Ooh. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. If I if I got anything to, to send your way, you know, definitely we'll-
2: Or just, I love that you're involved with that. That's like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, thank you.
0: Um, But yeah, be on the lookout for us. Live show stuff, merch stuff possibly coming soon. Patreon stuff coming soon. Um, Yep. All that good stuff. If you want to reach out to us, you can write to us at White People Won't Save you pod at gmail.com send us your movie recommendations, send us your movie revisions send us um, just any wild caucasity you see out here for us to discuss and talk about <laughs> uh, but we definitely appreciate y'all, obviously, if you can if you're so kind, rate review, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast service that you check us out through um, that's going to do it for us this week and we'll be back next week with more caucasity, peace Peace. peace
1: you can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved.